Hey everyone, this is Nick. I just wanted to talk to you guys really quick before you start this episode. I've recorded this episode the day after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their class of 2022 inductees. Now, because of the timeliness of this episode, I wanted to make sure it was out as quickly as possible. And this episode is completely unedited. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Rock and Retrospect. We're actually going to premiere on a Friday this time, not our usual Wednesdays. Why are we doing a Friday episode? Because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its class of 2022 inductees and I asked five people who I admire and I think will give an excellent analysis of our reaction to this year's ballot. So first we're going to introduce Tom Lane who is like a veteran of this podcast. What is this, like your fourth episode, Tom? Yeah, four times now. You're, you're, you've had more times than Eric Clapton has been inducted. <laughs> so kudos to that. But you also have some competition because someone else I think is here for the fourth time. And oh, that's no. Dr. Mark Lemke. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so this is my fourth. Yeah, this is the Derek and the Dominoes appearance. If we're going to keep going with the Eric Clapton metaphor. No. It's not blind faith. Come on. No. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so our next guest is a returning guest. Well, she was actually on three times. This is her third appearance because she was on our Kennedy Center Honors episode and our most recent Carly Simon episode. Someone's going to be mentioned a lot tonight and that is <laughs> michelle berg how's it going michelle it is terrific thank you for having me awesome i'm so happy you, you got to join us next we are joined by greg petrack uh who was on our joe cocker episode and i have a very uh special place for joe cocker my heart how's it going greg very good thanks for having me nick anytime and Last but not least, David Schnellwar, who was actually on our Cheryl Crow episode at the beginning of this year. How's it going, David? Fine. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that. Great. I'm so happy I got to ask you guys to do this episode at the very last minute. So it's just a huge thrill. And I think this is going to be a really fun episode for our listeners. So as I said, on Wednesday, the Rock Hall announced its class of 2022 inductees. But before we do that, I just wanted to announced who were the nominees this year. So the 17 nominees were A Tribe Called Quest, Beck, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fela Kuti, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and Dion Warwick. Those are your 17 nominees in the performance category. And I have in my hand, which kind of looks like an envelope. I mean, people can't see it, but it's kind of funny. So of those 17, seven were inducted into the performers category, and that was Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon. But that's not all, folks, because we got side categories, too. This is like why I'm like really excited about this year's class. We got, in the early influence category, we got Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton. For the Ahmed Erdogan Award, aka the non-performers category, we got Alan Grubman, Jimmy Iovine, and Sylvia Robinson. And last but not least, the musical excellence category. You got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And last, and they were actually on the ballot, and it's Judas Priest. They're getting the musical excellence award. So 
eight of the 17 nominees got inducted somehow, some way. I know we're going to have plenty of thoughts on these nominees, but I wanted to go around the room and ask if our predictions were correct. So I'm going to start going one by one and asking everyone of those predictions, um, which ones we got right. So I'm going to start with uh, David, who did you predict and how many did you predict too, by the way? I predict six with one, a seventh just in case. And I predicted early before anyone. I predicted on March 6th. I don't know why I did, but I did. And then a few weeks later, Dolly rescinded. But um, I predicted, I got one wrong. I predicted Beck. I thought I saw parallels between the Foo Fighters and him because they're still relevant. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the one I got wrong. I um the rock hall exceeded my expectations they put four women i really didn't think they were mature enough to do that but um <laughs> so they <laughs> they did that and i was i was wrong so i i didn't have pat benadar oh she's from long island david and i'm from long oh. island so i don't know like that hurts a little but oh, it's all sorry. good they were that's not where it was at when you predicted uh back no Greg. it was wasn't <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a lot of corny jokes tonight because I just got off of work and it's going to be really, hopefully fun. If not, sorry in in advance. Uh, Greg, who did you predict? Uh, So I predicted six with a seventh. Um, I predicted Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Judas Priest, Dolly Parton, and A Tribe Called Quest. And then if seven, Lionel Richie. So I got one wrong, technically, I guess, or two. Uh, but I bought into the uh, ballot tracker hype with a tribe called Quest. Uh, wow! You know the, that ballot tracker it was <laughs> it was dicey, man, because you know <laughs> it's mainly critics, and critics usually don't have the taste of the voters or the you know. Yeah, it was also kind of wishful on my part. I was I really wanted to see a tribe called Quest get in. Oh, me too. I think it would have been amazing if they got in, but I think their time is coming soon. Hopefully, Michelle, who did you predict? Hidden. <laughs> oh, are you breaking I, my heart already, Michelle? Yes, I just kind of froze up, and I I was listening to Who Cares and reading the ballot tracker, and I was just like, I know this isn't a good sample. I know the voters are different. I can't figure out what they're going to do, and I just just froze near in the headlights. At least because we're in the <laughs> Zoom room. At least you're not frozen right now. So that's no. all I care about. <laughs> okay. But it's okay. This was a hard one, I think, this year. Mark, who did you predict? I uh, also did uh, six picks, but a provisional seventh in there. And um, and I also got six out of the seven correct. I did not predict the Eurythmics, but I did predict Dionne Warwick. Uh, everything else was on track. Awesome. And, um, <laughs> and Tom, who did you? Uh, predict <laughs> well let's see i predicted uh carly dolly duran eminem lionel pat and my plus one was the eurythmics so there you go Whoa. Whoa. so wait a second you got all seven <laughs> sometimes you get lucky man i tell you <laughs> you know i this was the first time that since 2013 that i actually got them all right Who's your wow. derby pick? Who's my wife? <laughs> Who's your derby horse? <laughs> oh, no, I, uh, 
the only name I got nervous about because I almost bought into the tracker stuff was um, Lionel Richie. Because mm. he was bombing out on the tracker. I think he only had three votes out of the whole 42. Yeah. So I yeah. thought, I thought, oh boy, you know, I, I don't know about that Lionel pick. I'm getting kind of a little nervous about it. But then I thought to myself, well, the tracker's not showing who's really Lionel's voting block, which are his peers, music, executive, music executives and people in the industry. And inductees. Yeah, that's kind of a musical peers and all that. Yeah. And so that's who I thought his was going to vote for him. I didn't. He was never a big critic's uh, favorite, especially in his solo years. And um, when I saw the announcement, I was like, did I get all seven? I can't get all seven. But wow. hey, one of those years. Why am I years. shocked, Tom? Because you usually do really well in things. In what? The uh, predictions? Like predictions or? usually do pretty well. Usually, yeah. I usually, unlike you guys, I usually maybe miss one or two or, you know, there's always, the thing about it is, is that there's always a shocker or a surprise right. that gets in. In my opinion, this year there weren't. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. even surprised by the, the Eurythmics might have surprised a few people. I don't know why, but for me, it didn't. That's just, yeah. that's kind of why I, I kind of went, my picks were kind of like mainstream. All these people were popular, very popular. They actually sold records compared to some of the yeah. other X on the ballot. I'm joking. I love it. Can we call him Nostratimus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to get a big ego about it because next year could be completely different. You know, right. this is the first time in nine years I got it right. So it's not like it's every year. <laughs> Almost once a decade. <laughs> yeah. Once, once a decade would be even okay. You know? So 2031, we're going to get back to you and be <laughs> like, Tom is when, right. Uh, is that when Taylor Swift gets in or something like that? Or maybe nine years from now, eight years from now? Probably. Yeah. My own predictions were uh, Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Dolly Parton, Judas Priest, Carly Simon. If a seventh, I said the Eurythmics, because I always thought like they always have a shot. They're so beloved mm-hmm. in the industry. Uh, Dave Stewart of Annie And the eighth one was Lionel Richie. Cause uh-huh. I was like, I could not figure out for the life of me. And I just was like, he's number eight. He's the true wild card. Yeah. Did not know how to assess Lionel correctly. So I got all eight technically. I mean, cause Priest, <laughs> you would never have predicted they would get in musical excellence or at least. I thought, uh, I thought early influence. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I just wasn't sure. And then I said to myself, I was like, you know, because they kind of cleared the lane for free. So if they were going to get in, I said to myself, okay, like they're doing well with that tracker, right? But they're not exactly, you know, metal's very hard, right? It's very polarizing. It's not like, yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I, I said to myself, I think they have a decent shot this year. Yeah, I thought so too. But, you know, they got musical excellence and we will have plenty of thoughts on that because you know, that's a, <laughs> A thing there, but I got all eight. I will say it wasn't technically in the order, but we'll kind of run with that, even though you know I thought Priest over Lionel, but I'm happy they all got in, and I'm really happy Tom got all seven somehow. Like, you know, he really uh knocked it out of the park. Um, one of those years, one of those years, (laughs) one of those years. (laughs) Did you guys have any thoughts on the performers, um, inductees like the seven that got in? What, what do you mean by? Yeah, what do you mean? What, what do we think of them? 
like like were you surprised that any got inducted or like any that got passed over or I don't know just uh, any any kind of like it's very broad. <laughs> I kind of thought maybe, and once again, I probably got into the tracker hype. I probably thought maybe Dion Warwick was going to slip in there, especially when Dolly made her announcement. Mm-hmm. And she wanted out. I thought, well, maybe that's going to help uh, Dion or uh, or maybe even Carly or something like that. But I thought it would help Dion. But again, she got passed over. So, yeah, I was disappointed in that. But I did think she might have had a chance this year. I thought yeah, especially as the only black woman uh, on the ballot. I'm sorry. I think I cut somebody off. It's fine. You go. No, that was all I had to say for now. Uh, I thought Lionel was going to wind up like Dion last year because he was just so far removed. And I thought people would think too adult contemporary. But I had him as my seventh because I was just so stumped on him. Yeah. He he reminded me a lot. And I don't know how you guys feel of Sting when Sting was first nominated in 2015, because Sting is really well liked and he sold a lot of records but he's working primarily in a pop or adult contemporary kind of orbit. And to me, those kind of artists are always very iffy with the rock hall, like in terms of immediately getting in. And I just could not gauge how Lionel would measure to other people that got inducted on their first nomination outside the first year of eligibility. I was the same way, but then, like I'd said before, once I thought about his connections and just how, Just how many other awards he's also won in his lifetime. Kennedy Center Honors and uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, of course. And he got the Gershwin Award just, I mm-hmm. think, this month or something. Just, yeah. Um, what else did he get? He has uh, an Oscar. Lincoln Center. Mm-hmm. He got the Lincoln Center uh, Award, too. I mean, so he's gotten mostly everything yeah, I mean, he even has an Academy Award, just like yeah, Andy right. Lennox, and Oscar, and Carly Simon. I yeah, didn't read Carly into Simon. the Kennedy Center honor because that LL Cool J actually got that and didn't help him in that year. So <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I don't I, know if that I don't know if the I, Kennedy Center really helps. And it's, but it does add to the resume, <laughs> and it is harder to get a Kennedy Center honor than well, get into the Rock Hall. So that really defied logic. I didn't get that. And yeah. Sting got one the year before his nomination because he got it's, it in 2014, and that he was nominated for the class of 2015. So I guess it was like around the same time it aired at the end of the year, yeah. but it was announced like what, like at least four or five months in advance that he would get the award. So Kennedy center, it's interesting who has one and doesn't have a rock hall duction cough, share cough, Gloria <laughs> Estefan cough. I can't breathe anymore. Um, but especially share. It's just ridiculous. At this well, point. They've had some interesting musicians get it. They had, you know, Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the Eagles got it one time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Who got it also. Yeah. And Earth, Wind & Fire. I don't know why the Rolling Stones haven't got it yet, but I don't, maybe it'll still happen. Yeah. Who's that? The Rolling Stones haven't got one. Yeah. That's kind of... In our wonderful episode with Mary Layton that me and Michelle did, that was the first one I said. I was like, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like that some of these other bands have it and the Stones don't. Maybe they don't want to show up or maybe they don't want to go or something. I don't know. Yeah, they might turn it down. All I'm going to say is to segue back to the Rock Hall 2020, in that interview that Dolly gave to, I, I forgot which publication, was it Billboard? Someone like that? She did mention like maybe, you know, because I love, by the way, that Dolly says her husband's a rock and roll freak. Every time I yeah, read it, I laugh. 
I think it's like the greatest thing ever. Like, cause I'm thinking of like her voice and how she says things. So her husband, the quote unquote rock and roll freak that he is, um, that maybe they'll do something with the Rolling Stones because now that she's inducted, Dolly could get that rock and roll record that she's been promising. <laughs> and I just oh. want to see her cover like ACDC and Black Sabbath <laughs> and Motorhead and all those bands. Cause you know, it's possible. It's very she possible. did cover collective soul shine. <laughs> she made a kind of gospel. Remember that? Yeah, that was good. That was yeah, good. so so that she did do a rock song technically. I want her to do like one. Ace of Spades or like <laughs> Paranoid. I don't know. Like I, I have like pipe dreams a blue, in my a, world. A bluegrass but, version with banjo and everything going on there, and because uh, she has made bluegrass records, but she hasn't she made them. Can I make one observation about Lionel's induction nomination? Go ahead. I noticed, and I don't, this is just an observation of me. I feel like they're condensing certain artists. Like everyone thought, oh, the Commodores. They did that with Steve Miller. They inducted Steve Miller without the Steve Miller band. They finally honored Niall Rogers without Chic. Yeah. And, I, and they took Chaka last nomination by herself without Rufus. And I bet if Patti LaBelle ever happens, it'll be without LaBelle. So. Cher okay. without Sonny. Like they just seem to condense it, it seems. Well, I think it they was. They do. It was Alan Light who said that uh, Lionel had a better chance solo than with the Commodores. He thought the Commodores would stay on the ballot forever, like a lot of R and B bands. There are who, there have been several members of the Commodores, though. So I think I personally think it's a cheap thing. I don't know what. It, I, I would agree. the The only thing I'd add to that is that there's a kind of historicity to this practice. Uh, if you look at Dion getting in without the Belmonts, or Neil Young yeah. getting in without oh, that's Crazy Horse, that's or. Uh, or Smokey Robinson, Robinson getting in without the miracles for about uh, until they were inducted many many years later. Oh, that's very um, true. So, uh, which isn't to say your observation is wrong. It's just that it's a it's a it's a pretty long standing practice. I think it took a long time to correct that. I, I think the thing I is, think is they that didn't correct it till 2012 when they put all the backing yeah. groups in there. Mm-hmm. They're overdue for some more back in bands, in my opinion, to try to correct like the Silver Bullet bands and Crazy Horse. And yeah, there's quite yeah. a few. The whalers, the whalers, the revolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, what helped Lionel, though, is because I think a lot of voters and I I mean, we don't have ballots. None of us. We should, but we don't. Uh, (laughs) I think the thing is, is that a lot of it's name recognition. Right. So if you see the Commodores, will it have the same urgency to vote as if you see Lionel Richie? Like it's it's a really like not that you want to say people are dumb, that these voters are dumb. But I think. Sometimes you need that. That doesn't excuse the fact that the Commodores yeah. are not inducted, but I just think that I could kind of sort of see why the voters would react so quickly to yeah. Lionel where they want to. But I also think to myself, this isn't a good sign also then for like cool and the gang and the spinners and the point. Well, the, well, I was going to say the Pointer Sisters, but we will never say that because the Pointer Sisters would 100% maybe get in. But, you know, it's just like it just seems like they're skipping the 70s almost like they're mm-hmm. skipping like his more soulful, like maybe more pioneering aspect of his career. I don't I know. Cool, I think Cool in the Gang would have a chance. Yeah. One Nick, or, you know one, what I... one, maybe one time, maybe one or two ballots. I mean, they've been you're talking around forever. Yeah, I think you might be right about the Commodores if voters see just that name on there. Um, I was if Lionel hadn't gotten in, I, that would have been the thing I would have talked about the most time. Well, next time they should just put the Commodores on there. Let's see what happens, you know. But yeah, I feel bad for the rest of them. The Commodores, they I wonder how they feel, you know. Hey, we we help Lionel get to where he is. Why can't I, what about us? But 
I don't see them. I don't know. I don't think they're going to happen to get on a ballot again. So what were you going to say, Greg? Uh, I was going to say, you know, in the couple of days after I posted my predictions, the more I thought about Lionel, because I was going back and forth on him. That's why I made him my seventh. Um, Then I started to remember, and I I don't know if any of the other, you others, I don't think any of you were at the last ceremony uh, this past fall. I know Nick was, that's why I uh, was called him out. Um, Do you remember like he got a a standing ovation when he walked out to give the induction speech for Clarence Avant. And I didn't remember that until after I posted my predictions and even from the, you know, people on the floor, the, all the industry people. And that's when I really thought, you know what, he probably has a really good shot. I think he's one of those people that like, you don't think about him all the time per se, but that you think about how, ubiquitous he was in the late seventies and throughout the eighties. Like it's kind of impossible to kind of not talk about the eighties without Lionel Richie, at least come into some kind of um, point in, in, in the narrative. And I'll, I'll say to reiterate Greg's, what he just said that, you know, he got a huge ovation. It lasted like a minute or two. Like yeah, it was, it was huge. long. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just inducted someone. That's why I always said to myself at 2019, Duran Duran, when they inducted Roxy Music, uh, Simon LeBon and John Taylor, I was like, oh, my God, like a light bulb went off. And I was like, people are going crazy and they're just inducting them. They're not even performing or anything. And it was the craziest thing, not because Duran Duran were not massively popular. They absolutely were. But it just re- reminded me these guys are not inducted, which brings me to Duran Duran because – this was a band that means a lot to me. This was actually, you know, our second episode ever of the podcast focused on Duran Duran. And they're just one of those omissions that I think a lot of people saw and they were like, wait, they're not in like these, yeah. these early MTV icons. So, I mean, this was, I mean, I think we could all agree. They were pretty much like the slam dunk of the, these ones, like everyone pretty much thought that they were going to get in. Well, for me, it was Eminem and Duran. Sorry, I was going to say for me this year, Eminem and Duran Duran were the locks, right? And then it was pretty wide open to me. The rest of them, um, I would have said Dolly was a lock until she rescinded and all that. But uh, yeah, this year felt like one of the most wide open to me uh, that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I had I had Eminem and Dolly as, as my locks on the day the announcements were made. Believe it or not, I actually had Duran Duran like third. For some reason, at first, I was like, I don't know if they're a lock right away. But then as, of course, the days went by, I said, well, there's only going to be three that are going to get in right away. I still had Dolly on there until she made her announcement. But you could tell, I could just, you could tell there's some support already for Duran Duran. And I knew they were going to get in right away. Even Eddie Trunk would, uh, would yeah, out Duran Duran. Yeah, Eddie Trunk so. on board, you know, and it's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Oh, that's a rocker. I'll pick them. Yeah, okay. I thought Duran Duran would get in, but I would, didn't want to take it for granted because The Cure and Depeche Mode didn't get in on their first yeah. nominations. It took a couple of tries. But I, I was hopeful and optimistic, and a lot of people I unexpected voted for it. But um, right. it worked out, fortunately. I think the thing about Duran Duran, and this proves in the last, I would say, at least three or four years, you're seeing this shift, this generational shift in the vote-in body where you would have a band like Depeche Mode or The Cure who were nominated years ago. And you're kind of slowly seeing this, these voters who are skewing younger because they're adding more younger voters, a diverse group to the vote-in body. And 
if you said this like five years ago, like when the Eurythmics were first on the ballot, like four or five years ago, yeah. no one would have thought that they would even have a remote chance. But now because they're diversifying not only the voting body, but the actual nominees, you can kind of say to yourself, okay, they have a legit shot. And I think I, I kept thinking of like the, these voters who are probably in their forties who watched MTV or in their, even in their early fifties, they, they have to react favorably to someone like a Duran Duran, who is very non-threatening by the way. It's not like they're aggressive. Like they just make really wonderful pop songs, but they're not yeah. like, you know, not aggressive, but they're, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, well, I guess because they're new romantics at heart. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like me. As far I as I know, none of them are a holes either. <laughs> no. I was I there right when MTV started. So, those type of groups, you know, I, I gravi- gravitate towards them when I think about personal picks, especially Duran Duran and Pat Benatar. I mean, they were on MTV all the time back then. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about this particular class. It reinforces something that we're seeing coming into focus and in that um, we're finally resisting the tyranny of the baby boomers. Um, hey, where, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, and I'm kind of on the cusp of a baby. You're boomer. kind of on the cusp of 1964. Party. So it's okay. Yeah, you're, right you're there uh, on the line. You're, I mean, here's the thing. It really wounded me when they started calling people born around 1983, like myself, geriatric. Millennials, geriatric, geriatric millennials. You're, you're just a. Are you a geriatric Gen Xer, or are you are you a, a pediatric baby boomer? Is this? I never heard that. I never heard that either. Yeah. Well, we we have to acknowledge because we keep saying MTV that replacing winner John Sykes, who used to be MTV, absolutely. And there's definitely yeah. a heavy MTV presence here. This is almost exclusively 80s, like to the point that Eminem. Except is like, for Eminem, yeah. He's the huge outlier here. I mean, because Ian Carly, she had hits in the 80s, like as me and Michelle talked about. Like, so yeah, she yeah. so she was actually that actually brings us to a good point to talk about Carly Simon or Pat Benatar. I don't care which one we talk about first, but those were the first two women ever played on MTV. Yes. And then you have Duran Duran and the Eurythmics who defined that channel and you know, what was that Martha Quinn quote that she always said that Duran Duran made MTV and MTV made Duran Duran, but it's like almost essentially like the perfect marriage in a weird way yeah. of like video and song. But almost all these artists, and even Lionel, because he's like, his videos were widely played on MTV, you yeah. know. And of course, Eminem with TRL. We have, like, as the youngest person in the room, I have to say TRL because <laughs> Eminem was one of the first artists that they played in the late TRL 90s generation. <laughs> yeah. one, one last thing about uh, Duran Duran. I think, I think one thing that really endeared them to voters, especially as to those tyrannical uh, boomer voters <laughs> is in, in 1982, 83, you might've thought, Duran Duran's just a bunch of pretty boys. They won't be around in five years. Oh, yeah. And they are still turning out quality music. They are touring. They're active. And I think a lot of boomer voters, even if that wasn't their thing in the 80s, they got to give them grudging respect for that. Yeah. I think they put, that, out, a, they put I, out a good album last year. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they're also widely liked, too. I right. think that's what people forgot, too, sometimes when they were looking at uh, Duran Duran. I mean, I think a lot of people thought that they would get in, but I think we're also 
understating too how well admired they are. And they have all these like collaborations across different generations. Like you see Janelle Monet, Val Rogers, uh, Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake, you're seeing them work and still making relevant music, like, or not, maybe not relevant, maybe relevant to our work. They're still actively making music. Yeah. And I love that about these, these guys. Yeah. And, and it helps as well that they had a, a favorable news cycle uh, this year in the same way that the Go-Go's had a really favorable news cycle uh, last year. A lot of it's timing. I, I mean, I hate to say it, even with someone yeah. like Dolly Parton, if you drop her on the ballot six or seven years ago, I don't, I'm not totally certain she'd get in. She might, but uh, the last couple of years we've seen the um, sanctification of Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's become, um, yeah, the, the one of the closest things we have to a, yeah. a 21st century saint. Uh, she she came close to becoming Times Person of the Year. She helped uh, <laughs> bankroll one of the COVID vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of it is 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 uh, just getting that that lightning in a bottle and getting the right news cycle behind you. Yeah, definitely. And I think Duran Duran needed that validation, almost like the Go Go's mm-hmm. needed, because like they never really won a lot of major awards per se. So sometimes, like a lot of I think artists, they kind of need the Rock Hall as like that like stamp of approval, like we are immortalized and we're gonna you know be in the history books, basically. That's why I always said, I don't care what those flower pot wearing guys say, they want to be inducted into the rock hall. And I'm of course talking about Dio. Cause like, if you keep talking about the rock hall at every interview that I'm seeing, like, come on, like you want this badly. Like, I don't know. I just like, I plus Duran Duran, go back to them for a hot minute. They just seem like nice guys too. Like, I just like, I'm just so happy that they finally are getting their flowers. And they will close the show. I'm going to just say this right now. Yes. Duran Duran are 100% your closing act, I think, this year. If I'm wrong, I apologize if you're listening after the ceremony happens. But I just think to myself, like, this is like a fun new wave, not party band, but like, they're just going to leave it on a high note, this ceremony. And like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I can't see them not doing that. I, I agree with you, but I want to make one quick um, addendum to that. And that I think the jam is going to be sisters are doing it for themselves. Bringing Dolly back on stage, bringing Pat on stage, bringing Annie Lennox on stage um, and making that kind of their big finale. I thought something a little differently. If Duran Duran closes the show, they covered David Bowie's fame. Oh, so and that was like a good club hit, I think, from not mm-hmm. like a huge hit. But I, I thought to myself, Bowie's a pretty good uh, person to bring in all these different artists together. And mm-hmm. you could kind of see hypothetically like an Eminem or any other rapper that might partake in the festivities. And you could kind of, you know, hear the vocal harmonies. And I don't know, there's just something about fame. I thought to myself. You know, and it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ah, uh-huh. whoa. whoa. I know. So we come with the very deep <laughs> thoughts here on Rock and Retrospect. We blow people's minds. We're being optimistic that there will be a gem. Great. I mean, don't, they, don't you break always, our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> they always run out of time, don't they? Yeah, seems to be. Well, well they, got so like, many, they got so many to induct. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a, six hours of... Uh, 
This is a very okay, alive so maybe, class. Last it's true. Year, maybe, maybe they'll just do sisters are doing it for themselves at the end of the Eurythmics set. You know, bring in Annie Lennox, bring in Pat, bring in Eminem's ex-wife. Just have everyone do the song together. A hologram of Aretha just in the background. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Because yeah. no one can really match Aretha unless you're Celine Dion who tries to outsing Aretha. If you don't know it from the VH1 Diva special. Oh, yeah. Stop what you're doing and listen because that is one of the most cringeworthy but funniest <laughs> things ever. Because all I'm going to say is Gloria... Shania and I'm missing someone. Oh, Mariah, who should come up soon, by the way. Um, they just stepped back and they're like, we're not even touching this. And uh <laughs> Celine just kept going with it. You gotta love her uh her restlessness. I'm sure Aretha threw her a little uh some shade, uh, you know, like uh maybe you, maybe you might want to like uh just step off to the side here for a few minutes while I do my thing, you know. <laughs> she had no respect for Aretha. Yeah, no respect. Oh. There you go. So <laughs> let's talk about someone that I know a lot of you guys have been so excited to see get inducted. That's Pat Benatar. Yeah. Let's talk yep. a little bit about Pat. Um, Greg, I know when we did our Bach Namcom thing a few years ago, and even in our friendship, when we talk about the biggest stumps, you always said Pat was one of your top stops. She, so what she... was your reaction? Yeah, she was, I always say, 1A and 1B were Pat Benatar and Joe Cocker for my personal biggest snubs. Uh, so I was, I expected her to be nominated again this year. I was surprised she wasn't last year. Um, but I, going through the the cycle, I wasn't sure if she'd get in this year. So I'm definitely uh, ecstatic to see her as part of part of this class. I thought she was a shoe-in the whole time. And I'm going to tell you guys why, because she's the only true classic rock artist on this entire ballot, even more than Priest, because Priest had songs played on classic rock radio, like Breaking the Law, You Got Another Thing Coming, and songs mm-hmm. like that. But Pat is like the only one that you can kind of look at this ballot and say, oh, she's definitely someone you will hear on classic rock stations, no problem. And the voters in the last decade, because they've been more populous, they've kind of yeah. inducted as many of them as they could. You know, so I always thought to myself, and besides the biasness that I'm from Long Island and Pat is from Long Island, I just said to myself, it's got to happen. And they can't get fooled again, because I'm going to say we all thought Pat was going to get inducted two years ago. (laughs) I I, I think that's uh, uh, one of those where she didn't get voted in because everyone assumed she was so that that she didn't need their votes. I kind of felt that's what happened uh, two years ago. So maybe this year everyone made sure to vote for her. That yeah. wanted to. She's not I a critical actually, favorite, though. I Again, actually, even Eddie Trunk voted for. Her. I yeah, actually she, didn't predict her two years that two years ago. Was that two years ago? I actually mm-hmm. compared her to Joan Jed and Hart, and I said it took multiple tries for them. And everyone else was predicting Pat Benatar, and it didn't happen. Yeah. You were on the vanguard of. Yeah, I was Benatar the one person. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but it's no. unfortunate. But it, it, <laughs> I was right. No, yeah. it's and it, it's hard to believe it took Hart. Two times to get in. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just just nuts. Yeah, but I will say, uh, Pat is probably the artist I am most personally excited about getting in uh, this year. The last, uh, the most recent concert I attended was Pat uh, right here at the Kodak Theater in Rochester. And having seen her in, in concert, I understand a little bit more about why she was so keen on um, her husband getting inducted with her, uh, Neil Giraldo. Am I getting the last name right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the two of them have the synergy on, on stage. And um, 
they just work so well together. If you watch the interviews, they're constantly bouncing ideas off each other. Neil wrote a lot of the material. He played on a lot of the material. Just because of what they were putting forth artistically, presenting Pat Benatar required, I guess, the 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 illusion of the available woman, like the, the illusion of singleness, right? Uh, so, so making them Pat and Neil wouldn't have worked, I guess, in the early 80s. Um, I, I, I know I'm in the minority in this, and I may be the only one outside of Pat and Neil who thinks so, but I, I'm okay with them both getting inducted together. I know no one else agrees with me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mark. And uh, ah. it's funny, I was listening today to some of the uh, interviews from uh, Sirius uh, from yesterday and she and Neil were interviewed on uh, debatable. Um, and she all, but said exactly what you just said. I think she, she kind of alluded to that for years, she was trying to get them billed as Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. And it was like kind of a label thing and a presentation thing that they wanted her just to be the, the, you know, the front, the face of it. And, 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 you know, kind of exactly what you were saying there. So. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. In concert. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. In concert, uh, Pat said, um, I had an idea and Neil had a plan and that's how they got it. Uh, and, and, and that's how they did it. It's so hard because the records don't say Pat and Neil. That's what kind of is my hang up, but I mean, I'm fine because Pat is inducted and if she's happy, I'm happy. So like for me, it's like, it's a little strange because of that, but you know what? Like she deserves it. I think we'll all say it. Like she was never yeah. a critical favorite. And that's what was no. my hesitation a little. Cause even when me and Mark were on who cares about the rock hall, I kind of said that. And then I think everyone was like, Oh yeah, that is true. And I'm like, yeah, like you will never see her on a Rolling Stone 500 list, which is a shame because mm-hmm. she did really great songs, but it's just, I don't know. Like she was just one of the artists. I just looked at this ballot and I said, yeah, she's the most rocking of the women that were on, and she fits that classic rock void that this class would have not had. And you kind of need that. And she's a history maker too. Like she was on, she was the first woman on MTV. She had what four Grammys for best female rock performance, and I think the only other person is Tina Turner, and then there's someone else that a uh, Cheryl Crow. Cheryl oh, Crow. Cheryl Crow. Yeah. I should remember this because David was on this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> so she's got some things, but yeah, I don't know. I just I'm so happy that she finally got inducted. Um, and she's commented on it, so I'm thinking she will show up now. I'm happy she got in. I wasn't. Con- I was, I didn't predict her because I just wasn't confident. I I because it was the first time they were able to vote for Dolly Parton, Carly, Carly Simon, yeah. and I I was dumbfounded. The Eurythmics lost. I mean, Eurythmics didn't get in last time, and I just I really thought you know Annie talk about well connected. Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart are really well connected. Yeah, Let's talk and about I think, the Eurythmics. Yeah, absolutely. If I can just interject with one thing, I think this class put to lie the assumption a lot of us, including myself, sometimes had that voters are only going to vote for one or two women or female acts on the ballot. And this year proved that was manifestly not true. I apologize for interrupting. No, I'm actually going to expand on that and actually add on to that, because in the Mm -hmm. last year or two, if you look at the class of 2021, half of the performers that were elected were women. She had Go-Go's, mm-hmm. Carol King, and Tina Turner. This yeah. year you have the Eurythmics, Carly Simon, Pat Benatar, and Dolly Parton, four of the seven. So there's clearly a, 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 a 
a demand by the voters to get these artists. And, and I'm going to reiterate too, it's not like any of these are obscure artists. These are like among the most successful musicians, yep. man or woman, that they're finally just coming around again to like, you know, uh-huh. like, like, or, or, you know, but it's just one of those things where I, I'm just seeing this shift that the voters are clearly saying we want more women, but the women that the nominating committee are putting up are very competitive. Yeah. Just like the Eurythmics, because I really want to talk about this uh, incredible wave duo that I'll be honest, I was so on the fence if they were going to get it or not. And I kept thinking to myself and in conversations with a lot of you guys, I kept saying to myself, they're so well liked. Like when I did my episode with Pat on the Eurythmics, I kept saying to myself, there's no way that they can't get in. Like, they're just like, I could not find anything bad about them. Like no one said anything bad. It's only good things. And people like that, like a Lionel Richie, uh, you just nope. kind of, well connected. you can't <laughs> not, not bet on. Well, so one, of the reasons have- I, one of the reasons I thought the Eurythmics were going to get in this time around is that four years in this day and age is a long time. Well, that's a and lifetime ago. It's a yeah, lifetime. It's it's different. Uh, I thought I thought a lot of people are not going to remember that they were even nominated four years ago. You know, we all do, but not everyone is following this. Especially her, the inductees are all not sitting around going, "What they are twenty eighteen? Most people they just they looked at Eurythmics and like you said, Annie Lennox. I mean, I think I said this. I said this when they were first nominated four years ago when I thought they were going to get in, I said, well, who doesn't love Annie Lennox? You know, and obviously not everyone loved them because they didn't <laughs> get in there, but it's still true. I mean, who doesn't love Annie Lennox? And of course, Dave Stewart, I mean, he's just got so many connections. And that's the reason why I picked them. I said, four years, no one's going to remember. Very few are going to remember they were nominated. And who doesn't like them? I mean, and now we're finding out that they have the most votes. It's like... <laughs> Can I make a point about Eurythmics? Yeah, um, absolutely. Music today in 2022 is more about a song than an album. I hear, I read a lot and focus on classic albums, and Sweet Dreams Are Made of This is really a universally known song. It's like an easy sing-along song, and you'd be amazed how many people recognize it right away. And it's probably the most well-known song out of all the inductees this year. Yeah, say? it's up there. Is crazy, yeah. 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 Maybe with the exception of your Sylvain, but otherwise, yeah, I'd agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Or Jolene. Lose Yourself is pretty iconic, too. I mean, yeah. not that we're going to give Eminem too much credit. I'm joking. We will talk about Eminem. But that's a pretty up, up there song, too. Like, you could put on a song like Sweet Dreams and you immediately know the time period. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do much of anything. Like, I saw House of Gucci. I, have you guys watched that movie? Oh, yes. I saw that. So in the movie, they have Here Comes the Rain Again, and the Eurythmics are just one of those groups or really artists that you know within the first few seconds of the song being played what era it is, what time period it is. It's like New Order. It's just there's something about artists like that that always amazed me. Um, Absolutely. And in the same way that you could play a Zombies record and it will place it immediately in the late 60s. Yeah, Eurythmics have that kind of feel for maybe the mid eighties. And I think going back to the 2018 ballot, like Tom was saying, they were on a ballot of, I think it was 19 artists, right? 
it was it was like a really like absurd number of nominees so, that year. Yeah. And the problem with that was they had so many new wave acts like contemporaries like Depeche Mode, Kate Bush, and so on. But also they were competing against a very classic rock heavy group. So that's why I like as widely liked as they were, it was so hard for them to stand out on a ballot like that when they were still put it up like every third rate classic rock band, except for the cars, because I love the cars and Michelle, that was her favorite band to get in because they are new wave. And I, by the way, I will say this too, on a quick side note, I think the cars induction was the most important of the last five years. It kind of bursted open this new wave door that you would see the cure. You would see Roxy music. You would see uh, who, who else might think of Depeche mode, the go Ghosts, And now you see the Eurythmics, uh, Duran Duran and there's probably someone else that I'm forgetting, but it's just like that car's induction is so important. I think for opening that door, because new wave was so not in vogue or well-liked by the voters at all, really. Unless you were like a shoe in like talking heads or um, Blondie. Blondie, Blondie, people like that. Um, the arithmics, can we all just say for a second, are we all shocked that they got the most votes? I kind of am. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I'm just about, I didn't I thought, hear that. Was that M&M. something that came out today? Sorry. So oh. Amy Linden, who was a member of the nomination committee, on her podcast, I'm going to let you finish, did have an episode that came out, was it yesterday or today? It was and, yesterday. Right. Oh. And I listened to it today. And yeah, she gave the rundown of the ranked um, listing of who got in and who got the most votes and your rhythmics got the most votes. Yeah. Wow. Actually yesterday, I think it was yesterday afternoon, David, he was still work. Yes. David you. is the one who he, he kind of tipped me off. Yeah. You were not going to listen. I said, you have to listen to this because she actually, yeah, sometimes says, I can't, sometimes I actually, can't listen to her podcast because it jumps all over the place, but yeah. But I was like, you have to listen but, to this because yeah. she's saying vote totals. I'm like, is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Am I hearing things? It was just hard to believe. Yeah. She's, she's, she rolls off. She so she goes, okay, it's, it's your rhythmic. So coming and number and one. <laughs> I was like, then, really- yeah, she goes, number one. The I, at first I was, I was the same way like David. I was like, is, is that, this can't be real. It's like, this has to be the first time ever. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote Tom and Nick. I was us. like, you have to, you have to go listen to her podcast. Cause it's like hard to believe. That you messaged me that too. Cause you were like, her, I sent her a message. <laughs> I sent her a message afterwards going, uh, is this really the final rankings or you're revealing the final rankings? And well, the only thing she said back to me was, uh, I guess so, you know, sort of like, <laughs> you know, so I asked her something again, but she never answered again. So maybe she's like, Ooh, should I have revealed that? But I think she must regret it because when Future Rock Legends retweeted it, so oh. many critics are going, I can't believe this information's out there and I can't believe they're number yeah. one. And it was, It's getting retweeted. And yeah, you watch. She won't be on the nomcom next year. <laughs> Something, <laughs> repercussion from this. Take her off the ballot too. <laughs> yes. No voters. You can't vote anymore. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. She might be nervous. Yeah. yeah, she might be a little nervous about it. But yeah, I, I thought for sure Eminem would get the most votes. I thought so too because of, you know, him kind of having been on that Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Artist list. I thought Duran Duran might because there are people voting for them that I didn't expect to vote for them. So I thought that yeah. would be universal. Yeah, it was either there. one of those two. I, I, I figured, but I said, oh, yeah, Eminem, uh, I, Eurythmics, I thought would be maybe down there with the. Uh, Carly or something, and but yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a shock to see uh, 
And I think that's definitely a shock. You're seeing that on, on social media now. People are looking at that going, well, this is interesting. Very interesting. I think something that I like about this class, but especially with the induction of the Eurythmics, is that they're going to come, they're going to play nice, and they're going to perform. And I think that's what makes me so happy about their induction. Because even when they were first nominated for the 2020. Um, 18 class, they had those really wonderful videos that they made for their fans, like thanking them for voting in the fan vote. And they just hoped that they got in. And it was like very like tender and cute. And I'm like, oh, I really, I really like when artists don't just shit on the rock hall. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all can't be like Todd Rundgren. I know. I'm sorry, Michelle. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's lovely to see that because it's like, it means something to them. And I don't know, like, I'm just excited because I think you're going to see almost all these artists in person. Like, I mean, maybe not Dolly. Dolly's like, I don't know if I'm going to go, but I think she will because, you know, she will disappoint everyone because we just want to see, like Mary Layton said, I want to see the Judas Priest, Dolly Parton crossover (laughs) moment that I think we all deserve. If the pandemic Rob Rob Halford singing a little bit of Jolene, that would be pretty. I think we got some good mashups. We got, you got another thing coming and here you come again. You could make this work, people. You could do this. Come on. But I think with the shitty two and a half, three years that we've had with the pandemic, the least we could do is have the uh, Judas Priest Dolly Park moment. I think, you know what? Kev Carly, who doesn't really perform, just have her sing a verse or two. And she's not going to sing, she said. She's saying she yeah, might she sing. Said, oh, no, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm just saying, oh, like, no, but just she actually, everyone. She actually gave a really good interview today, and I was like surprised yeah. to learn that. So yeah, don't expect did. her to sing by herself. She's always had yeah. stage she has, she might pull up Bill Withers and just kind of mouth there. the words. Yeah, <laughs> she did. There she might, uh, she would sing alongside someone else. <laughs> just okay, all right. Piano. Yeah. Now, uh, Nick, you mentioned um, the Eurythmics uh, thanking people for voting uh, and so on just now. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out at this juncture. I believe all five people who got on the fan vote got in. Am I correct? Yes. And that's a big deal because if we think about the first time Pat Benatar was on the ballot two years ago, only one got in because it was only, wait a second, the Doobie Doobie Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. If you actually extend it out, it was the top eight of the fan vote or or we're all All inducted this year. That's amazing. And yeah, I predicted the top eight in that order. No, I'm joking. Not in that order. But like, I was like, you know, I was, cause I thought that to myself, cause David pointed that out to me immediately after I published that blog. He's like, you really should did the top eight, the fan vote. I'm like, Oh shit. I like what's the probability that. of that happening? <laughs> I thought of how Pat, you know, the Doobie never Brothers again. Probably. Yeah. That was really. I, I was shocked. Cause I didn't notice that until you said that. And I was like, yeah, I was, I was oh, afraid shit. I jinxed it for you. I was like, you realize you picked the whole fan vote. Oh, I'm not making money off of this. So like, I just, I, I think that's something that I want to talk about for just a quick second, like a quick side. Mm-hmm. It's not competitive sports, people. We're just having fun. Like when no, we, I know, definitely. You're just gambling us- reputation. It's not really anything. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not a competition, but if it was, I would win. That kind of thing. well, Tom would have <laughs> took the house, so I don't know. <laughs> like, like that. I'm just like we're trying to reach Tom Lane level greatness. <laughs> like I posted yesterday. Uh, no, but it's just one of those Don't things where on this thing. I'm stunned that there was the top eight of the fan vote. Like yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's- absurd that that happened that way. But I will say someone that I'm so excited about because me and Michelle talked about her for an episode is Carly Simon. Oh my God. Finally. Yes, Hallelujah. Finally. 
What do you guys think about Carly getting in? Actually, let's go to Michelle first because Michelle, mm-hmm. I think you made it happen partly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would love to think so. Um, I am just delighted. And I do hope she she comes. Even if she sings duet with somebody, it'd just be so wonderful to see her. So oh, yeah, she'll show up. she's definitely gonna show up. She's gonna show up. It's Los Angeles, so a lot of better odds of people showing up this time. Oh, That's absolutely. A lot of Blitz and glamour. The yeah. glitz and glamour of Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I'm just really excited for Carly. It's like she's the next logical singer-songwriter choice after Carol King. It's like, yeah. and, and this is what I was trying to reiterate in, I think, the Cheryl Crow episode, is that you can't get to Lilith Fair era or like that late 80s, early 90s, throughout that decade, that boom without Carly Simon in. And I think that's why I kept, saying to myself and to people who message me or like, we're like, I don't think Carly's getting in. I'm like, if you want these other artists to get in, she is like the precursor for all those artists. So for me, it's like, I think her induction is going to open a lot of doors. Like you're going to see maybe a Sheryl Crow, a Tori Amos or uh, Tracy Chapman, someone like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's been the conventional wisdom uh, that that it's great that people like Carol King, Carly Simon get in because they opened the door for all these female singer songwriters that came later. And it's true, but but Jesus on a biscuit. Let's start nominating these '80s and '90s female singer songwriters now that we've had some of the groundwork laid. Are you just trying to say, Mark, you want your beloved Indigo Girls to get on the ballot? <laughs> you know, I would not object if the Indigo Girls were to be on the ballot as their only straight male fan. Uh, I would love to see that happen. Yes. I think we will. I want their nomination to happen mainly for you, Mark, quite honestly. They perform for Joan Baez. So they're not. Yeah. They're, they're the in question. the club. They're, they've, they're yeah. friends of the hall. Yeah. They're, hey, they're friends of the hall, but Carly never showed up before though. So this is kind of, you know, a huge moment and her interview that David was pointed out and, I'll send this to you guys after this interview uh, is done. She's really candid. And I just like, I love her. Like, what's the word I want to use? Just very like surprised yeah. that it happened oh. because of the yeah. whole. Jan well, she Wenner. thought she was blacklisted. So she's surprised. Yeah. She said Jan Winter blacklisted her. Yeah. But he don't run things anymore. We got someone named John Sykes. That's, you know, <laughs> but I think she was talking about running that ship. Back in the '90s or something, when she, when she was it, first eligible and stuff, that uh, winner was it, blacklisted. It makes no sense though, because I always I was afraid she was going to be overlooked and forgotten. But if you, mm-hmm. I I take the cover of Rolling Stone seriously. I have like the coffee table books and stuff, and um, she's had like five or six covers, and it wasn't mm-hmm. like a one cover thing. So I always thought she was really? possible. Wow. She has an Oscar. Like, like to be yeah. like yeah, exactly. she, she was the first person to win that Oscar. <laughs> Golden Globe and Grammy for Let the River Run for Working Girl. Yeah. The only other person, Bruce Springsteen. So yeah. it's like, so that, that's why I always thought she has to get in. Like, come on. I have a very stupid follow-up question to this. Within our class of 2022, do they collectively have an EGOT? Oh, you mean collective? Uh... Does anybody know. have a Tony Award? Do you all yeah, know what I'm talking about when yeah, I say yeah. EGOT? Yeah. I'm trying okay. to think of who might have a Tony. That's, that's the, only the one, one I can. That's the one that's uh, kind of tough to get through. You know? Yeah. Oscar is kind of tough. I know there was a nine to five musical. I don't know if, if Dolly was Oh, yeah, that's that. there. 
Yeah, because I mean, if Cindy Lauper gets in next year, which I think might happen, I mean, did, didn't she get uh, a Tony for Kinky Boots or yeah, something? Yeah, she like did. That? She's yeah. just missing an Oscar because when we did our uh, Cindy Lauper episode, that's all that she's missing. Was uh, it a special mm. Tony Award, though? No, she won for. No, she I won think, for the music, writing the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the actual like music for. Um, so now she, she just Kinky needs Boots. An Oscar. Kinky does, she have, does she have an Emmy Award? Yeah, for yeah, she, uh, Mad About You. Mad yeah, she about had you. a guest star. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. And she's got a Grammy for Best New Artist. So. Oh, yeah. Grammy. So, Sid. And she has a second Grammy for the soundtrack of Kinky Boots. Yeah. And they just announced, I saw yesterday, I think, there's a documentary coming out yes. soon about there's her. So, oh, wow. Everything's yeah. coming up Cindy. Everything's yeah. coming up Cindy. <laughs> who's di- wait, wait. Do you guys know who's directing that documentary? Anyone I do. Go Go's? Allison Eastwood. And who did, oh, it, what documentary did she do, David? The Go-Go's. Go. Yeah. Bingo. Whoa. Place your bets now. And yeah, Allison predict her for next year and she won't get nominated. Oh, <laughs> I think she's gonna get a not I mean we're jumping to like the end, but I can't see a world where Pat Benatar and yeah, she, these she, other yeah. artists like uh Annie Lennox are now in. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen come up. Soon. And it's also share. when you think of early MTV, you think of Cindy Lauper, you think of girls oh, just fun. How do you not? Yeah, hundred percent. And I just want a class where both Cher and Sydney Lauper are in because one of my favorite things ever. On a quick side note, is when Cher got her Kennedy Center honor, and me and Michelle talked about this with Mary. Where <laughs> I remember that. Wait a second, you didn't tell me you're going to be here. I lied, and I just, <laughs> I, I just, oh, we we need that to happen. Oh we yeah, both them. In. On the other hand, I mean, if if Dolly trying to be nice like broke the rock all this season, can you imagine what? A public relations nightmare dealing with a share induction and nomination. Hold on. I think <laughs> that be... it just seems that that would be everything. Like, it, like I mean, it is... would be, I mean, I would be sitting here munching popcorn a la Michael Jackson and <laughs> Thriller, but but it's it's gonna be messy. All I'm gonna say is I would go in person just to see her speech because you know she would have F bombs and she yeah. would be like, this asshole, oh. like maybe yeah. wait 30 years. Um, yeah. I spread Lemire on my music, toast. I'm the sure the industry is just gonna get burned down when she gets up there and speaks about everything that's happened to her since what 19. I talked to someone about that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> about what about um, it that that if uh Shear doesn't get in that they might burn down the rock hall like in terms oh. like not for real but like you know they're like come on like it's so obvious well the day the nom- the day before the nominations there was a percentage of people like you who thought she's gonna get nominated and she noticed people commenting about it and she was like what are you talking about and then she was like who gives a shit and I was <laughs> oh, like, don't you dare uh, say that like we i started this show yeah, well, i didn't like, start it but i was like i was trying to make it happen for her because yeah. you know yeah <laughs> it's gotta happen um let's talk about oh is eminem the last one of the seven we haven't talked about yeah i don't I think, think so we, we we'll, really we'll keep it brief him. no i'm joking uh <laughs> did no, we very all just, brief. <laughs> well you know I think he was the biggest shoe-in on this ballot, yeah, in all seriousness. It just felt premature to me. I mean, I understand why it happened. And they're looking for a more modern artist to keep them relevant. And I think he was just, I think he was I think he was just too big to, to, well, he's the most successful rapper of all time. Yeah, he, he's, he's accomplished too big everything. For the hall to pass up in the first year eligibility. They had to, they, but we're beyond chronological order with that. Cause the last, three or four, including him now. So who knows what they're going to go to next. The Rock Hall no. needs Eminem more than Eminem needs the Rock Hall. Yes, like definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. 
And he's attended twice, so he's not out of the question. And he is, he the only, is he the only one that hasn't made any comment yet about the uh, so thing? So I think so. It took yeah. a very long time to comment when he won an Oscar. So who will he didn't sure give his, ever, yeah, I'm sorry, what? He didn't give his performance until like what is it like 17 or 18 years later or something yeah. absurd? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> now um now Greg, you are in Detroit land. Do you have any right. thoughts on that is true. So yeah, I I, I Obviously, being from Detroit and, you know, I was in high school when he really started to break out. So, I mean, it was a huge part of part of my teen years. So I'm, I was had him, you know, I knew what year he was first eligible and mm-hmm. assumed he'd go right in. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. And I know it, it was in the, or the even the local papers and in, uh, I saw yesterday, even the Detroit Tigers uh, put out a, a post on Instagram saying, you know, Hall of Fame, Eminem, you know, Congratulations. So it's there. Everyone here is excited about it. I think something to think about with Eminem is that he was the most successful artist of all genres for the first decade of the 2000s. And I think he was number three, if I'm not mistaken, for 2010s, which is pretty astounding to have that longevity, which he absolutely Mm -hmm. has on his side. But what really is interesting about Eminem is him going in first year is if we looked at these seven performers, he's really not a nineties artist at all. Like he de- like his breakout moment. And I remember this cause I was so young was 1999 with uh, my name is yeah. right. Yeah. And the slim shady LP. And he's really more of a 21st century artist, almost in the same way that people thought of like Radiohead or like the Foo Fighters. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like, where you kind of don't think of them as that decade that they debuted in. And well, I he came at the very end, so I could see. Yeah, what he came at that. the very end. Yeah, but he's the he's the first rock hall inductee, I think, who who we can say unquestionably peaked in the 21st century. Artistry. Oh, but in, yeah. the truth is, in 1996, we didn't know him. No, <laughs> and that first that, album of his yeah, sold like four copies, I think. You know, no <laughs> one's heard it. You can't even find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. that that notorious. Uh, album that he had and then but i do credit him as being a rock star because when trl was taking over in the big sellers he was the one that really kind of put a stop to it because he was like the the legit rock star because he he like insulted them in his music and it really what was that around 2000 2001 no 99-ish no no i'm talking about the real some shady oh 2000 yeah so he really I credit him with that because it just was so cookie cutter and, and superficial. And yeah. He brought like a sense of how do I want to put this? Uh, he, he just, he came at a moment when I don't know, it's hard to explain with Eminem, but like everyone knows who he is, right? He has that cultural ubiquity. Like I was saying with Lionel Richie, it's almost like a Jay-Z figure who was inducted last year where like my mom knows who Eminem is. Like, you don't have to like explain that. Like his <laughs> music's just like everywhere. And he's yeah. always like in these like news articles and TV shows. And I don't know, like, I feel like he's more well-liked than most people would like to admit, but, I, but you're right. Like whoever said this, that he played the rock hall, like, you know, he ducked it at Run DMC. We saw him, Greg, last year with uh, LL Cool J set. Yep. And that was one of the best sets ever, by the way. Oh, my God. He, LL rocked uh, that night. But uh, another thing, he, the reason he's so successful, because he aims at a demographic who doesn't usually listen to rap music. 
Right. Like based on race, there were so many times in the 80s and 90s that I've met people who were like, I don't like rap music, but I like the Beastie Boys. And then when he came out, it was so successful. I'm like, there are people, there's a demographic saying that about him. And yeah. that's what happened. He crossed he, over. Yes. He was, he, he was played in Detroit. He was played on the alternative rock stations. And, exactly. And yes. He was at that. He was on the Warped Tour. Yeah, Warped Tour. He was at that first because there was, yeah. Yeah. I just think that. You know, it's a very well-deserved first-year reduction. Maybe not the biggest priority of the ones listed, at least for me personally. But, I mean, it's it was hard to kind of argue against him not getting in. And I think we all almost agreed it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, he was the shoe-in, number one shoe-in. But it just and feels like... the trend of first-year eligible hip-hop artists. Right, because how many is this now? Like five or six? It's something kind of crazy yeah. now. Going back the last five years, there's been, what, Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, Jay-Z, now Eminem. Yeah. But then you add Public Enemy and Run DMC. Yeah. Wow, that's half a dozen. That's crazy. And NWA. Or, no, you're talking oh, about yeah. oh, oh, you're talking about first year eligible. First year. Number. First year. Right. Yeah. 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 They they all got in. Um, the ones who don't get first year eligible seem to it's hard to say when with. Right. That that's what worries me with a lot of these artists, like it, that are either alternative or even rap. Like, yes, I, I noticed the pattern with that exactly. Yes, it's, it's really tricky then to know when they even pop up on a ballot, let alone um, get nominated. Um, but yeah, I, something I just wanted to mention to you guys. I just when I'm looking at this list, at least the performers, it feels like the '90s are missing. Like, like there's no artist mm. here that had beyond Eminem in, in terms of like when he debuted, but he didn't peak until really the 2000s. This is a very 80s heavy class. Well, Greg, uh, yeah, Greg Harris said on Debatable, he goes, well, if you don't realize it, the 1980s are 40 years ago. So it's like they're finally embracing it. Yeah, right. And they didn't for the longest time because a lot of times it was really the 60s and 70s, really. So it's kind of an interesting shifting of the tide or so to speak. So just really interesting. I'm glad to see it. It's, it's also a particular kind of eighties. This is eighties with a lot of glitter and a lot of eyeshadow and a lot of hair gel and a lot of spandex. Um, Are you talking about Duran Duran? No, I'm joking. (laughs) I'm talking about a lot of people right now, but, um, (laughs) but, but that, but to my point, I mean, um, uh, maybe we'll talk about this a bit later, but this isn't a very R&B heavy class. This isn't a very alternative heavy class. And and those were both genres that that were thriving in their own ways in the well, 80s. That's what I was going to mention, because looking at the ones who didn't get in, those are your alternative acts like a Rage Against the Machine and your Beck uh, and who else like Devo and Kate Bush. Like these are like alternative with a capital a and it feels like just looking at this list and seeing who got in and who didn't it feels like there's this kind of resistance or hesitation to kind of honor anyone that that's i don't want to say not edgy but like that's not like of a certain time period like because a lot of these artists like especially rage and beck those are like night like definitively 90s artists really beck maybe less so but definitely rage yeah. at least and rages i don't know it just seems very strange and of course a tribe called quest because they were also another one that's alternative hip-hop too so i don't know if you guys had thoughts on that because i kind of looked at that and i'm thinking like yeah like the 90s are missing but also like 
actual true alternative artists are there were a, I, I don't know the exact number but there were a lot of people who were on the ballot last year who returned and then there were some really big fresh names like duran duran and carly simon and and eminem and it was like hard not to vote for them yeah they just over and then eurythmics and pat benadar were like new again they, they returned yeah, to the ballot after a few that's years that's another trend we're seeing is that it's it's most more so first time nominees or, or fresh you know, you don't see a lot well, of repeat have, nominees. They have the best get into odds. The, yeah. yeah. Five out of the seven inductees this year are first time. And Lionel Richie, that's how I left Nominees, out, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Because like. Eminem, Eminem, Duran, Lionel, Carly, and yeah. Dolly. But it says yeah, a lot. They, of, want, they want fresh options. They, voters yep. like those new names when they, they pop up on the ballot. Yeah. Or to put it in a slightly different way, nobody who was on the ballot last year got in this year. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, Bex, because if you look at the two that got in that were previously nominated, Eurythmics were nominated 2018, Pat Benatar 2020. The other acts that got the shaft, so to speak, or did not get enough votes, they were either on last year's ballot or they've been nominated several times over the years. And to me, this says that maybe... I don't know, like maybe give someone else a try. If like, you know, Rage has had four nominations in five years, for example, and Devo three and four, it's like you might want to just hold off on them, try someone else and see if that, you know. And the names that are in are they're not just worthy, they're they're extremely overdue. It's like, how could you not vote for Duran Duran right away or Dolly Parton or Carly Simon or Lionel, yeah. These are big names. They should have been in yeah. years ago. Well, yeah, everyone who got in. Well, just looking at this class for a second, like, of course, Dolly is giving every headline because it's Dolly Parton. Like, you know, the mother Teresa to paraphrase Mark, like, you know, she can't do no wrong. Like, who doesn't like Dolly Parton? So she her name's so in the much. headlines. Yeah. Eminem is because Eminem is just so famous. And then you could kind of have your pick your poison with, you know, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon. And to me, that's the sign of a good class too. When you have two of the three people that would get mentioned, like they're pretty famous and you kind of throw in even a Harry Belafonte or someone else. that's like super famous. That's a sign of a good tailor-made HBO ready to promote kind of class. Because I think think Lionel's, I think Lionel's name was up there with Eminem and Dolly on the Rolling Stone headline. Yes, she was. Well, this, yeah, his picture was right there. That's how I knew he got inducted right away. It's like I wow. saw his picture on uh, the Rolling Stone when they put it up at five in the morning. Right. But this this whole story <laughs> with Dolly's part in declining her nominations, I think that's the biggest story the Rock Hall's had since I've been following this. Oh, has to be. So yeah. no matter what happens, she's going to be the headline the next day. I don't know about you guys. I've never gotten so many text messages, so many emails, so many comments uh, for people that don't even follow this thing regularly, that exactly, like talk yeah. about the actual rock hall, it's the most publicity they've ever gotten. I feel like they've ever gotten, at least in my time following the rock hall. They were covering it on the Today Show the next day. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, and wow, I thought like whatever, even if she didn't get enough votes, I'm like they're going to put her in either way because they want this press. Oh, of course. And even if Dolly bowed out, quote unquote, I love bowing out. By the way, it's like you know, it's just funny. But the the thing that is so intriguing about her induction is that she still got enough votes. So even though she said, I'm not rock and roll, like don't put me in. Not that people didn't care about it, but she's just so widely loved that people, they, I think that's why, because we follow this so closely, we kind of take for granted, 
most voters don't give a shit about, you know, this kind of stuff. They just see yeah. her name. And they're like, like not, checking not it everyone off. Everyone is not everyone is looking at social media and headlines every day. There's some of these people mm-hmm. are, you know, they might they they see Dolly's name and they voted. Plus, a lot of people voted right away. Oh yeah, and I think that I think you have what, that. I think that's what carried her over. I think that's what carried her over. A lot of people voted the first couple of weeks. I think she made the announcement after two weeks or one week. It's a month, I think. It was a yeah, full month and a half. Oh, so by then, you know, a lot of people yeah. have returned their ballots already. You know, and I think that's really what put her over. And there must be a percentage who saw her name on the ballot and like just was like, "Well, her name's here. I'll vote for her." Right. right. Absolutely, and I think that it just proves to how well liked she is, but also that even if she doesn't think she is rock and roll. The voters do and the committee does. Yeah. And I'm just so happy. Like when I saw it last Thursday or Friday, I said, oh, my God, thank God she's playing nice. Or like she said, I would be open to accept me award or I'll graciously accept it or something along those lines. I was just so thrilled because, I mean, can you imagine like the HBO telecast, just nothing on Dolly, like just the video <laughs> and that's it. I would have been heartbroken, honestly. Yeah. Conspiracy um, theory. When, when she said that, I thought. They've been talking to her. Something's up. Yeah, <laughs> I love the way you think, Michelle. I I really think they got a, got a hold of her and said, "You've got the votes, and we're putting you in, and we hope you're really hope you're amenable to this." And um, my, my wife even said that when the yeah. on Friday or whatever, she's like, "You think they talked to her? Told her she's yes. going in?" Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They said, you're going in, Dolly. <laughs> Pack your suitcase. You are going to L.A. in November. If you no, decide she said to go. she might not show up. I don't yeah. know. What the, but come I on, think, Dolly. I think she would. She'll, she'll be there. I think, like David said, this is Los Angeles. I mean, Dolly, yeah, she's going to take over the ceremony. <laughs> she comes in. Yeah. Oh she's my. this year's Tina Turner on the ballot. Like, just everyone knows her and can name songs. Loves her. And beloved, yeah. And the legacy artist. That's like what, like... I think Mark had this phenomenon where it was like a Joan Baez, a Nina Simone, those types of figures. And of course, Carol King, Tina Turner, where it's like, you can't not induct them the first time they're on the ballot. And I feel yeah. that it's just, that's why I never really doubted Dolly's chances per se. Like I always kind of was like, if it was like, I'm going to give a per example of someone on the ballot. If it was like Carly Simon saying that it's, like we love Carly. She's amazing, yeah. but she doesn't have that same cultural yeah. impact or ubiquity yeah. that uh, mm-hmm. Dolly Parton has. So it's kind of mean something. I, I think just the critics who were just overanalyzing the ballot. I don't think people think too hard with this. No, no I don't either. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the fellow inductees. I don't think they started study the history. Be like, Oh, was she nominated before? You know, like I, I, I don't think it's that deep. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just kind of last year Sylvester with Sylvester looking up from his football game and, and <laughs> filling out his ballot and who have I heard of and then mailing it in. Well, you remember last year with Carol King, there were so many people on the internet after said, Carol King's not in the Rock Hall. You know, most yeah, people yeah. don't even, most people didn't know she was already in as a song. Tina Turner was the one I kept Tina seeing. Tina Turner is the same in. way. You had everyone go, how the hell is Tina Turner not in the Rock Hall? And people go, oh, but she's in with Ike. But people go, well, that, that's you know that's not good enough you know sure tina turner and that's why she you know wins the fan vote and everything by the way as a quick side though when we i was at the ceremony and i saw tina stain i was so happy i was like oh my god like 
just we, we just <laughs> she was she was my biggest snub since I followed this because she just was so present in the eighties and every song of hers is an anthem. And, and everyone like, loves not her. Put her in. Yeah, so it's yeah, just it, it, it's crazy if you think back now. There yeah. were music snobs who preferred her with Ike. I, I heard that with those rumblings, but um, it was a wrong correct. You know, it was a finally overdue correction. Well, that's yeah. how I feel about this year's class overall with the performance. Like they're correct in a lot of oversights and a lot of big type snubs. Like you're seeing the best of like the singer songwriters for Carly Simon. You're seeing someone that transcended genres like Dolly Parton. You're seeing uh, the Eurythmics that were pushing the boundaries, like, you know, and Pat Benatar, who's a defining eighties icon. So you're seeing like a lot of like people who are just so overdue. That's why I think this is a really diverse, but very strong overall class. Like, is it perfect? Oh God, no, like it could be better. Anything could be better. But I think, you know, this is a really excellent step forward, especially with more women get it in. And I don't know. I'm just really, really excited for this year's class. I'm just like, and I'm glad that they're happy too. Like, it's wonderful to see Pat Benatar and Lionel Richie and Duran Duran and, and even Dolly all reacting to it very fast, like their inductions. Like, I don't know. I just love those kind of things. Yeah, you don't have a you don't have all these people getting on there going, oh, well, you know, rock. I don't really, you know, I don't really care. You know, you mentioned Todd Rundgren. I'm thinking of people like uh, Mark Knopfler, Peter, Peter Cetera, that type of uh, person. Mm-hmm. You know, who's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to show up or this type of crap. You know, <laughs> Steve yeah. Miller. I'm like, geez, man. Steve Miller. You know, I, I always say, I always say, with most of these people, you're going to get one shot when you get inducted. Oh yeah, you're going to get one time only. This is the time to get up there. Thank the fans. Thank, thank whoever, you know, don't, don't be a, well, I don't want to mention any names. So bitter. No, the there, best yeah, don't, there you go. Don't be so bitter. Nope. Just get up there and say, thank you. Everybody. Best, I love it. Best I, induction know, speech. The best induction speech. Is, I'm sorry to cut you off. The no, best no, induction no. speech to me was Leonard Cohen because this was never even on his radar. Oh, and yeah. he, he said that more than once. And that's kind of like how Dolly's reacting to this. Opposed to like John Bon Jovi or Steve Miller or there's so many oh. people bitter Neil Diamond they were so bitter and resentful the whole time for years, yeah. And I just thought it was and Tina Turner was kind of about like that with her solo induction as well. It's just it was never on their radar. They didn't think too hard about it. No, but I'm so glad they're all inducted, and I'm so beyond happy for all seven of these wonderful, incredible artists that have really. Uh, transcended time with their incredible music and I think it's going to be an excellent ceremony in um, November but I do also want to talk to us really quickly about some of the other side categories like I want to just briefly talk about the early influence category first of all when I saw who got in for early influence I thought of one person and that was Mark because he is one of the biggest advocates for Harry, Harry Belafonte getting inducted into the Rock Hall and he finally got in at 95. At 95. And yeah, when we when you were doing your Rock Hall uh, Revisited project, I kept insisting on nominating Harry Belafonte and uh, through sheer force of will, uh, we got him in there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm so happy to see Harry Belafonte. Uh, I've always said, and I said this uh, in our episode on Peter, Paul and Mary, how to be a social activist in the rock and roll world is a key facet of why it matters in culture. And Harry Belafonte is the single truest link between, I think, the the kind of 40s uh, 
generation of the social activist musician. I'm thinking Pete Seeger. I'm thinking uh, Paul Robeson. And what we saw rock and rollers do in the 60s and 70s. Uh, Belafonte paid out of his pocket for Martin Luther King's funeral. He was mm-hmm. he was present at so many of the key moments of the civil rights movement. Um, so, and, and of course, uh, beyond that, musically, uh, when we think of um, Black music with regard to rock and roll, we understandably think of R&B and, and of a very American African. And Harry Belafonte brought in all these pieces from this larger African diaspora and the Caribbean and Latin America um, and made Calypso uh, a true phenomenon in, in the years just before rock and roll became big. Absolutely. And I think he fills a void for world music on this year's class because of the Calypso. Mm -hmm. And we forget, too, he did folk music. He did pop music. I mean, he was kind of multi-genre and widely appealing, too. Like, he was one of the best-selling artists of his time. Yeah, I I got to say that the biggest biggest shock of all, I think of every every inductee this year that I was Elizabeth Cotton. Um, really quick before you say anything, Tom, did anyone know anything about Elizabeth Cotton before yesterday? I, I knew, I knew, I no, knew, had never I heard knew about her music. Okay. We're in universal agreement. People who like follow the rock hall and are pretty well versed in music history. We were like, who for a second. And it's not that it gets Elizabeth Cotton. I knew Cotton Pickin. I just didn't realize Pickin was referred to Elizabeth. So I, I knew who she was, but even I, because I've done a few posts on my blog about early performers and women who should be in the rock hall. And her name never came up. Even, even on any posts, I've never seen it on anyone else's blogs. I don't think. And the amazing thing is, wow. And the amazing thing is as soon as we saw her name yeah, and we did our cursory Google searches and we all did that. Um, we said, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's I went incredible. On, I went on Spotify and I listened to a few of her albums yesterday just to uh, remind myself there's only a couple songs I've ever, I think I've ever heard from her before. So, yeah, and it's uh, it's some pretty amazing music. Yeah, I mean, uh, we used to sing uh, Freight Train. Freight Train. Uh, to my son is a lullaby and I didn't I didn't even realize that she did that song. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, whoever came whoever came up with that name at the Rock Hall. That's like this year's Charlie Patton, you know, just just out of the blue. Yeah, of course, I think a lot of us probably know Charlie Patton at least a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Elizabeth Cotton. Wow, I saw that. I was like, that, that's amazing. Stuff like this is kind of what gives you faith in the Rock Hall that they're exactly. their right. education mission. And yeah. I love it. I love it. Surprised me. Yeah, it was a shocker. It was yeah, shocker. Us. You're absolutely right, Michelle, because I think that's what a lot of people forget is that it's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not only an institution that inducts these famous artists, it's trying to tell the history and the story of yeah. rock and roll, like mm-hmm. what Jason Hanley does with his work and the people at the museum who have wonderful exhibits and uh, things like that. I think this is also an important induction, not only on um, adding more women into the rock hall, but also it's also a blues, like this is a blues artist. So it's kind of well-rounding this class and trying to at least diversify one of the core genres that inspired rock and roll, which is of course mm-hmm. the blues. So I think that that's a, a really um, 
Great induction. I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about Elizabeth Cotton, but I would be intrigued to read more and listen to more of her music. Um, yeah, the other name that was a surprise, of course, I think is Alan Grubin. Let's try transition to talk about the Ahmed Erdogan Award, which is aka non-performers. Non-performer. Um, let's uh, talk about Alan Grubin. Again, did anyone know his name yesterday? Yeah. Until yesterday, come on. Never heard of I, old Grubin. I, I've, heard, I've heard of it. I've heard of the name. Didn't know a whole lot about the backstory. I think David kind of mentioned something. When I, I Googled him, and then I realized I know, I'm aware who the daughter is. <laughs> His daughter's <laughs> a, she's a talent agent, and she was in the news where she had an accident in the Hamptons. She backed up into a restaurant, and I actually know someone who was there when that happened. So I was like, this oh, is wow. her father. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize that. And, he, she, his, he his law firm, and his law firm got hacked, too. She had a reality show on MTV. Her name's Lizzie Grubman. I didn't realize that was the same. Well, she kind of lucked out because her father's a lawyer. That's all yeah. I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It helped. It all was connected. She was getting clients that way, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's just when I read this, I was like, okay, because just a quick side note, quick rant, actually, before we continue. I listened on SiriusXM's volume yesterday. Oh, I didn't look boy. on the oh website. And I'll be honest, I woke up at my time zone, which is 5 a.m. And at 6 a.m., they announced it. Okay. I Nick love Lori, Maju- Lori oh. Majewski with all my heart. She's amazing. <laughs> Not like no shade at Lori because she's amazing. Nick Carter, the other <laughs> Nick, he's funny at times, but could be yeah, very overbearing. But he did the list rundown wrong. Not once, not twice, yeah. but three times throughout yeah. that hour. Like the Unreal. first two times, like when they announced it, he was saying Harry Belafonte was a performer. And they were like, no, 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 wait a second. And I was like, Getting so frustrated because I didn't really want to look online because I think it's more fun to listen to it and not see who the inductees are. And then I got really excited with some of the names, but oh my God, he messed it up like three times. So maybe yeah. a different Nick should, uh, you know. Well, this is the one time I'm glad I read the uh, Rolling Stone article about who was all getting in before I listened to him because if I had to listen to him as is, I'd have done it through my phone around It was, the uh, it was frustrating, guy, yeah. Joe Parishman was pissed. By the third time he kept messing up, they kept going. He's all laughing. Oh, it's like, dude, come on, man. Just, just read what's there. He always makes jokes. I remember every time Crawford was nominated, he put this German accent on and he read the name. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was. Greg, did you listen? Because I know you listen to volume a lot. Did you listen to that? I, I was listening. Yeah. I was, I was at work and I, I put on my headphones and listened live and it was, Luckily, I was, was at work because I, I would have been screaming if I was at home. Like, <laughs> oh, what is wrong with you? But I yeah, threw I... <laughs> my like phone down because I, I was like so mad because I'm thinking like this is like a huge moment. Like it's not yeah. like, you know, I mean, granted, not everyone has Sirius XM. Like it right. doesn't have subscriptions. But at the same time, like you pay for this content yeah. and you want it to be pretty pristine or at least, you know, it's one thing if like you just say someone's name. Right. Like, you know. I don't know, but it's just like nah. he screwed up like three or four times to save yeah. the list. I'm like, it's you don't have a hard job. Like, like you you're literally just reading a list. <laughs> I did it. I, I did it at the top of the episode. Like, I, I don't was know. confused when he first did it. I, I I didn't know why he did it. I didn't know he was added on later. Maybe that's why Lori has a ballot and he doesn't. Oh, yeah. shots Whoa. fired. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's one talk thing about- I did one thing I didn't know about Alan Grubin, I probably should have known is he was one of the founders of the rock hall i mean or wow. yeah founders yeah. i guess you could call them yeah 
I, I did not I didn't realize that. I sh- probably should, you know, we probably all should, but you know, there's some names that just slipped through, uh, slipped through history. And his name was definitely one of those. I guess so. But I I mean, when I saw that though, I said, Oh, okay. Maybe that's <laughs> why he's getting in. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. You would go to a Don Rickles concert expecting to get insulted. And we follow the rock hall kind of expecting to be outraged at least a little bit. Yeah. Every year. And this was this was the outrage pick that it was so egregiously inside baseball, self-congratulatory. Let's let's induct Rock Hall's lawyer <laughs> into the Rock Hall. Um, it, it was it was the most Rock Hall moment of the Rock Hall uh, announcement this <laughs> year. I think. It's, it's, interesting because, but it's interesting because he's represented as a lawyer, Bruce Springsteen, Lionel Richie Sting. Madonna, I, think. I think now Lady Gaga, his firm right now wow. represents Lady Gaga. So, but still, yeah, when I saw he was part of the rock, I said, oh boy, you know, I, I, I get it now. You know, it's like we're inducted in lawyers at this point. Usually we're fighting against lawyers and now yeah. we're honoring lawyers. Like who's I think next? somebody, I think somebody said on volume, this will probably be the only time a lawyer is ever uh, inducted into <laughs> Into they the keep rock changing hall. the rules. They keep changing the rules to fit their own narrative. It seems. And yeah, yeah. Example. This is. It just reeks of nepotism. Because with them, I think in Billboard about. No one could have predicted this coming. It's just so off the radar. Nah. It it was like it's not that he's probably worthy. I'm not like saying like like yeah. we're gonna like completely say like oh no like this guy isn't. But at the same time. It just seems like an Irvin Azoff kind of pick where you're like, you're yeah. patting yourself on the shoulders. Like yeah. you did a good job. You've represented us to get, become a nonprofit essentially. You, you know, know what I'm trying it, to say? Like, I don't know. It just seems like Mark said, just plus so for a lot of us, wrong. we can think of a million other non-performers. Well, that can, that's the thing, right? That deserve I mean, that slot ahead of him. Exactly. Yeah. So one, I would love, by the way, if they did this category with themes, like if they did like a radio and television kind of theme. So if you had like Wolfman Jack and you had Don Cornelius and you had people like that, that Casey should, Kasem. amen, brother. How can you yeah. not have Casey Kasem yeah. on? Yes. But it's just one of those things where I, I thought to myself, like, why? Like, no one's yeah. going, to, no one's going to pay a ticket to see him get inducted. I'm sorry, but it's a hundred percent true. When I, I first saw his name, it was, it was written up as, an entertainment lawyer or something like that. And he's represented so many clients that it didn't at first, I don't think it at first said anything about his past rock hall ties. No, it didn't. Thought, when I first read it, I thought, Oh, okay. You know, okay. Whatever. You know, he's in there. Then. Yeah. Like uh, Mark said, you look at, you look at what uh, the backstory is. And then you're like, Oh boy, one of those, one of those. I didn't, I didn't realize it until I Googled him because last year a lot of the side category people were deceased. <laughs> so I wanted to see who was deceased and I was like, this guy's a lawyer. Then I realized and he thought it was just so unexpected. Yeah, I didn't even know if the guy was still alive. No, that's, that's what I was trying to make idiot. sure. <laughs> Craig, still alive. Craig, were you going to say something about Alex? Sorry, yeah. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> that is like my reaction to this induction. It's nothing against Alan Grubin. I I would love to learn more about him, but all I'm going to say is I look forward next, to the package. 
All I'm gonna say is who's next? Is it Bruce's chauffeur? Is it his bottler? Is it his caterer? Like who's caterer. next? Like because the, the greatest caterer of rock stars. All I'm gonna say is that if you think about the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think this could be a good argument, everything revolves around Bruce Springsteen. Like there is a good <laughs> argument. I've been quite serious because it feels like he was at like one of the first ones he had to be at the first or second or third, like beyond that, but you have John Landau, you have all these like connections, like every mm-hmm. class has something to do with Bruce Springsteen. Seems. I'm not going to go on the record and say that that's definitively true, but it so feels like it. And it just like, like six degrees. It's like six degrees of Kevin. Or Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. He'll, be, he'll be the first, he'll be the first one they ask to induct this guy. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And the and the other uh, inductee or one of the other uh, in the commentator again this year, Jimmy Iovine. Also, there's Bruce Springsteen yeah. connection there too. Let's yeah, talk yeah, about Jimmy Iovine. Do you have thoughts on it, Greg? I, to be honest, my first reaction was I thought he already wasn't. Like it, it is. Uh, I mean, it makes sense that he's getting in. I mean, he's not just the Springsteen connection. He he clearly has had a a, a worthy career for oh, yeah. for what that category is for sure. Oh, 100%. I thought I thought you know. Cool, you know, getting another producer in there. Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many producers that that should be in there as well. well. Absolutely, and he like worked with a lot of rock hall inducted legends. Stevie like, Nicks. right, he worked with Patty Smith, Tom Petty, hey, and the Joshua Tree. You two, the Joshua Tree. He Abs- watched the Defiant ones. There was like so many impressive things he's done. Yeah. Right. And he's worked with so many Hall of Famers that it's kind of absurd. And even I'm thinking because I saw this live in person when Stevie Dix was inducted. She constantly mentioned Jimmy Iovine. I mean, she dated him at one point. She even says that, too. But it's just one of those things where I was kind of surprised he wasn't. But something that I was going to tell you guys, did you guys realize he was on the nominating committee for like 10 years? He was. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, From 1997 to 2006, he was uh member of the nomination committee yeah. so you know a decade of that and yeah he's just worked with a lot of people he's wonderful the f- first thing i thought of though was it's ironic he's inducted with eminem this year because they had that hbo docuseries the defiant ones that which is excellent i recommend that because that's yeah, about Ivine and dr dre like their dre and that whole thing. careers um it was um, really good yeah really good do we have any other thoughts on um jimmy Ivine? Or just that we're oh. flabbergasted that it's just happening now. Yeah. I'm only just surprised because I said this before, but I, I compared to last year, I thought they added so many people because they're deceased. But this is going to be a really long ceremony. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really big names in their lives. So they're going to really drag this out. Good luck, yeah. HBO. On yeah. Daylight yeah. will be coming. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> this is the one of the few times I'm like, could it be two nights? <laughs> like, I think it might need to be yeah. two nights. But can I only pay for one ticket? That's That would be my next uh, <laughs> statement. But the last one in the Ahmed Erdogan Award that we have to talk about, I want to hear Michelle's reaction to this, is Sylvia Robinson. Thank God. This is like... Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. And yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> first first woman to be recognized for this, this award and just finally... Finally. And it's also a, a tip of the hat to the origins of hip hop. So 100 percent phenomenal. Well, she deserves to be inducted just for uh, pillow talk. Uh, 
song Pillow Talk, in case. Does <laughs> anybody know that strange. song besides me and maybe Michelle? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the Doris Day Rock Hudson movie? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that okay, really... that's what I'm talking about. No. I, I know. That, that was not, a top five not hit. Not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> but she also had that song Love is Strange. That Love was a dirty dancing. Mickey and Sylvia, Sylvia. Sylvia. yeah. yeah. She, she also wrote uh, or co-wrote uh, Love on a Two-Way Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but something else too. Uh, there was a song in the mid '70s, "Shame, Shame, Shame." If anybody remembers that, this yes. song, Shirley yeah. and Company. Shirley and Company, wow. yeah. But those songs, I think, were on her label. I think she ran a label before Sugar Hill. Absolutely, and yeah. she's yeah. so foundationally important to the history of hip hop because she created yes. two of the most famous singles, which was the Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill Gang's uh, "Rappers Delight," "Rappers Delight," and. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's The Message. Those are two iconic wow. singles, both in the National Recording Registry, both on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame songs that she rock yeah. rollers, iconic songs. So for me, her oversight never made sense because, first of all, the initiative to get more women into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but she was a fierce businesswoman and she had a career both as a performer and as a producer and a record label founder. She just to yeah. me, screened like a rock hall worthy candidate. So I'm finally happy Absolutely. to see her get in. Yes, I hope it's the first of yeah. many. Um, There's so many more, obviously. And hopefully this one opens the doors. Yeah. Get Did, Estelle next year and go from there. Well, which uh, Michelle wrote a wonderful. Announced, they announced this week that their work, HBO, is going to, uh, has a docuseries coming out on Stax Records. Oh, wow. oh my! Yeah, they're oh, working. Yes. They're working on one right now. So oh, I don't know. Don't know when it's coming out. Maybe if time perfectly could come out before next year's nominations or something. But yeah, let's hope uh, Stell gets a, a lot of good time there on Absolutely. screen. Absolutely. Did we have any other thoughts we'll talk, on talk about her? I mean, <laughs> Sylvia. What's that? Did we have any other thoughts on Sylvia Robinson? No, just. About damn time, right? <laughs> the Rock Hall yeah. got the message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I you know it's a rocket retrospect recording when we throw in the corny jokes. Like, come on, yeah. people. We got we gotta keep it going. But I think her induction is important for the for hip hop getting honored too, because you were seeing last year with Gil Scott Heron, right? Like in the yeah early influence category and it feels like going forward we should expect in one of these three side categories at least one person whose career kind of orbited around the world of hip-hop so this is really promising for people of that subculture or that 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 subgenre really a genre because it's because really hip-hop has been more popular than rock and roll in the last like 30 years in my lifetime almost than anything so it it, it also her her induction is important because it keeps the rock hole relevant, I think, by honoring someone um, who co-founded uh, one of the great record labels of that genre. Uh, let's move on to the last category, the uh, musical excellence category. We got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and mm. Judas Priest. I think we should save Priest for last because yeah. I think we got a lot of thoughts on that. But what do you guys think about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? Now, I know our friend Mike, who runs the Induct Janet campaign, 
shout out to Mike, by the way. He's he's a great listener and great, great guy. He must be ecstatic because this is a possibility we might see Jadik come back to the Rock Hall. So, you know, <laughs> no, any I'm, thoughts I'm, on that? I'm very, I'm very happy about it too. I mean, they're one of the great songwriting duos in pop music history. I, you know, you think about uh, R&B crossover songwriters like Gamble and Huff and Holland, Dozier Holland and, and their music, the songs they wrote in the eighties for Janet and some of these other acts kind of helped define that decade in R&B pop music, you know? They're just, they're tremendous. They're definitely worthy. Yeah, definitely worthy. There's no question. I, I was, I kind of was a little surprised to see him get uh, inducted, but um, very, yeah, I was thrilled when I saw their name. I said, oh, wow, that's great. It's very unexpected. Good. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, that's kind of the way, you know, I saw it. I was like, I, I, I wanted them to get in, but I thought they might take a little longer because, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes with the songwriting, they take a little longer to get in, but uh no, I think, you know, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's more like that they got in only three years after Janet got in. Um, yeah, maybe that's why I feel so. It, it, yeah, it creates <laughs> this almost, yeah, optical illusion, but, yeah. but still very, very, dis- very, very deserving. Oh. I think and, what's interesting about their induction, too, is that this is like New Jack swing and like 80s R&B, which really, if we're thinking about it for a minute, the Rock Hall really has not a even got into R&B really of the 80s like be like we're not even talk about the 70s per se with some of the acts that we want in from that decade but the 80s it feels like you know this is like really interesting that they got inducted this is like the nom- this is like the induction of all a lot of the 80s R&B acts that aren't getting in this kind of feels a little you feel a little bit better about well finally they're getting an 80s R&B uh actor duo or songwriter in there because like you said they haven't done much at all with that decade in terms of r&b artists and maybe this opens the door for babyface and la reed or jermaine dupree or teddy riley or yeah. some others mm-hmm. that were worthy yeah absolutely babyface and la reed were the first two that i thought of as soon as i saw them i was like they're coming out because yeah, they're, they're gonna, so ubiquitous with the 90s yeah, I think eventually they'll get in. I don't know how fast, but eventually I think those two will get in. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Greg or Michelle or Mark, did you guys have any thoughts on Jam and Lewis? Very well deserved. Uh, very cool that they're getting in. Uh, you know, I've always, uh, I don't know as, mo- as much about Terry uh, Lewis, but Jimmy Jam, you know, when you hear him on the radio, he used to have a show, I think, on uh, on. Serious. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a very interesting guy. I love listening to him. He's, you know, tells good stories and, and very uh, uh, always fun to listen to. So I've, I've always liked him. Well, this is as close as the time is going to get. I think what's interesting too, that about their induction that I thought about for a minute after they were announced was they are always at every award show, yeah. every premiere. They collaborate with so many people that it kind of weirdly makes sense. Like it's, it's almost like sometimes you need a, to be reminded sometimes you're like, Oh yeah, that's obvious that they, yeah, I always, I always talk about industry connections in terms of some of these nominations and inductions. And they're definitely two of the, <laughs> they, I mean, you talk about, like you said, 
they seem to have worked with everybody. They're behind the scenes doing a lot of stuff in the music biz. And yeah, it just sort of makes sense. And they're incredible songwriters too. So yeah. I see them at the Grammys every year. They're either oh, yeah, yeah, and they're regulars. Yeah, I think something that also stood out to me about their induction too that I thought was really interesting because it's a very populous class to begin with. They co-written like forty top ten hits, something absurd. Like yeah, it's wow. just like crazy the amount of success that these guys have <laughs> had. And you know they were musicians and they were songwriters and performers. They perfectly fit musical excellence and. I'm just beyond happy that they're finally getting um, their rightful place into the rock hall and they're relatively young, which is also, it's, that's also a good <laughs> thing to see too. I mean, they're like in their late fifties or early sixties, but uh, able to, able to show up. Yeah. They're going to still, still healthy. Absolutely. Speaking of which I just wanted to say the best for last. And that is Judas Priest. Now, I know so many people that are so excited to finally see these metal icons get inducted. And I, I, I mean, I'm just going to preface this for a second before we start a discussion on Judas Priest. At this point in the Rock Hall world that we're living in, I think induction in these categories is kind of frivolous. Like they broke their rules the second year when they inducted Smokey Robinson solo without the miracles. And he wasn't even technically eligible yet. So for me, they've never been consistent with any of their categories and who fits into what category, like Wanda Jackson, is she an early influence or is L Cool J musical excellence or so on. To me, I will say that the categories are kind of pointless. And I think I want to hear your guys' thoughts, but I, I, I'm actually okay with the way that this all went down. Um, I know, Greg, you've wanted Judas Priest in. Like, you were, like, hugely having um, uh, or pulling for them. So what was your thoughts on this when you saw them as a 2022 inductee? Yeah, I was uh, very excited. I, you know, before their the first time they were nominated, I didn't know anything really about them. I, I could recognize a couple songs, um, but as I do every year, got some of their music, you know, because they were nominated, listened to them. And then the next year I got more of their music. And then this past year got even more of their music. And I've just, each year I've become more, uh, have a greater respect and appreciation for them where I was really like, this is ridiculous that they're not in yet. And uh, like you said, Nick uh, categories, really don't mean anything right now. So they're in, they're forever ever going to be called Hall of Fame, Rock Roll Hall of Famers, Judas Priest, not Musical Excellence Award winners, Judas Priest. Um, and, and it seems to be, given the last two years, this Musical Excellence category is almost becoming a default like Veterans Committee, which some of us have been calling for over the years. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I like that this committee is saying, you know what, you voters are screwing this up and we're going to fix it. It's a huge yeah. middle finger to the vote-in body. Yeah. To me, that, that's what I think a lot of people who follow the Rock Hall, it's outrageous that Judas Priest is inducted this way. It's a backdoor way, blah, 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 all, these, all this bullshit. I think some people you're never going to make happy when it comes to the Rock Hall of Fame, no matter what you give them and no matter what happens. But at the same time, I feel that these voters 
have a prejudice against certain genres or certain artists. Like LL, I never understood because he is just such a slam dunk, like obvious choice. But there was always that resistance because he wasn't always exactly a critic's favorite and he was not always seen as... I don't know what to say about L, but the point is, is that he was seen more as a, as an actor at this right. point. People but almost I, forgot he was a musician. People forgot he was like the biggest male rap star for like 10 years from the mid eighties to the mid nineties. He was the first superstar that they he had. The first solo superstar male rap. He's the solo he rapper with the most longevity and, and yeah, definitely from the eighties and stuff. And he was nominated his first year and it took like, what, six nominations and then they're like, screw it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just insane. And I think with Priest, I'm going to just throw this out there. Rob Halford has wanted to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Fame. Like in all three of their nominations, like the 18, 20 and 22, they have... You know, he he has said that like this award would mean something to him and this and and he's happy with it. So for the people that are bitching about priests getting side doored or whatever, if he's happy, how can we judge that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just I get mad when people want someone inducted and you get them inducted. Maybe it's not the way you wanted them in, but at the same time, like Greg was saying. When they're said that they're inducting Rock Roll Hall of Fame, there's no preface that like, oh, by the way, they're musical excellence. The the it's always going to say Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Judas Priest. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. when I, the the interviews I've seen since the announcement that they're getting in with Rob Halford, I don't. He's not sitting there going, "Well, oh, boy, you know, I, I wish we had gotten in as performers instead of as music." No, he's just he's just damn happy he's in. <laughs> Yes. You know, it, it, like you said, it's refreshing to see somebody who really wanted to get in. You know, yeah, I think the other I think the other act on here was Devo, who really wanted to get in as well. And of course, they didn't make it. But yeah, it's just refreshing to see somebody go. Yeah, I hope we get in. And then they get in. But he's not sitting around moaning about, oh, they put us in the side category. Oh, you know, I actually not, read an interview with Rob Halford uh, uh, yesterday, an interview where he actually said, Getting the Musical Excellence Award is an added honor because it, it, you <laughs> I know, love it says, man. yeah, that <laughs> it shows that they actually listened to our albums and saw some excellence in our music. <laughs> yes, yeah, I loved that's it. Funny. That's the that's the perfect way to turn this whole thing around. When wow, that's really someone goes when someone goes, oh, you're a musical excellence. You got in, but you didn't get voted in the press. Screw that. You know, our music. And that's that's a good reminder that other people don't care about this in the same way that we care about it. For those of us who follow this obsessively, it's very easy to get fixated on the categories. And we may be collectively the only, however many Rock Hall followers there are, 20, 30 of us, we might be the only people who care about this. Like Nick said, you're, you're... when you're introduced on a talk show or something, they're going to say, and uh, we got rock and roll hall of fame, Rello cool J coming up next or uh, yeah. performing next uh, rock and roll hall of fame, newest rock and roll hall of famers, Judas priest, you know, something like that. You know, they're not going to sit there and go, and a musical excellent. No, it's you're in, you're in, you know, like, like Greg said, I like the fact that like they're putting these people in, in this musical excellence category. Now. I think part of yeah. it 
is is that it's semantic sometimes and it's kind of like this idea that you know we like a lot of people have a very purist or strict definition yeah and you know what the rock hall has never been consistent that's one of the things that they are not known for throughout (laughs) their history so for me i can't fault them for saying screw the voters who can't get their shit together we gotta induct someone like a judas priest because you know, now you could see Iron Maiden and, you know, uh, Motorhead and all these other like yeah. very first rate metal acts could finally either A, get back on the ballot or just get them in yeah. however, which way you can. Because it's saying yeah. that like, you know, because metal is probably the most underrepresented genre that there is. And I'm not a metal fan really myself, but at the same time, it feels that, you know, it, you're missing a huge part of the narrative of the rock hall if you're not really inducting these and uh, and they're going to run into the, they're going to run into this problem with some of the people that have been nominated a bunch of times this year with with the uh, rage against the machine this is their fourth nomination you got and i thought they were going to do something with the uh, mc5 this year but they, I, they yeah it's just they I, have six nominations uh i don't know where they're going to go for can i say something oh, about not the priest oh yeah. i wanted to just say when i first followed this it took black sabbath eight nominations to finally get in yeah and i'm glad they're finally getting off the ballot but does this mean you have any expectations that iron maiden or motorhead will do better and then no. if you look at metal bands after that like slayer or pantera or anthrax it's like i i, I don't, think it's harder odds for all these people yeah unless the voting block changes i don't see any of those any of those uh, iron maiden i don't know but i don't see any of those getting in but I, I come from an award show background and I follow the Grammys and Metallica is the most awarded and they're the ones who got in on their first nomination. And yeah. it took a very long time for Judas Priest and Motorhead and Iron Maiden. They only have one Grammy. It took them like years. And they're finally awarding veterans because they're more familiar with the names now. But um, right. it was never really mainstream and people probably can't really name a song, but they recognize the name of the band sooner. Yeah. I, I just don't know what, what this is going to do. What this, how this is going to react to future metal nominations? Well, in terms of the performer ballot, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, gonna gonna yeah, I don't think put... it's going to make much of a difference. That... No, but I don't. I don't think Iron Maiden's going to get in like quicker if it took. No, 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 no. I don't yeah, that's that. what I mean. Yeah, it's... the only one that I no, think yeah, I could know. get in is Motorhead because Motorhead has that cross appeal with like the punk rock and the metal, no. which are not historically like you know viable like genres with these voters but they have that universality of yeah. like that appeal that lemmy kind of had so they're the only ones i could remotely see having a sliver of a chance or like yeah, they're going to need to be on a better ballot than they were last time i mean last time was the, mm-hmm. they had all the whole bunch of hard rock acts wasn't it that right yeah. one ballot they were on Thin yeah. Lizzie and Soundgarden. yeah Thin lizzy and uh there was some others on there too. Oh yeah, he was yeah. on that ballot. I can't remember. I think they Soundgarden. Were. I think they were. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was that so, was Judas so many. Christian. You crossed each other out. They yeah. just they need to be on their own ballot, and maybe they have a chance. It would be easy to duck them in a side category because most of the members are also passed away, like they're passed on. So it's really like if they were to do someone like a Motorhead, it would if they if they didn't get enough votes, if they ever come back. I could see them doing like musical excellence because, you know, there's not, you know, I think only like two or three members are still alive that were in the band. So, yeah. 
but I'm happy for Priest. Like it's about damn time. And I'm just so excited to finally see these guys uh, get in. And they also add, I think, a layer of quote unquote rock music to this class that I think that's why they got added to personally. Like it kind of, they're so. probably looking at the, the performers and they're like, Oh no, this is like <laughs> not as hard rocking as like it, it probably should be, or at least an inductee sans like Matt Benatar. Feeling, I think they had a feeling that they were going to get uh, slammed a little bit if they, if they didn't put in some sort of a yeah. rock, hard rock type band and uh Priest is certainly was perfect for it. Yeah, I'm and just to get some uh, queer representation there too. There you and, go. Yes, I think that's actually very important. And uh, Rob Halford also mentioned that too in his, yeah, uh, his interviews. interviews that he was excited because, like, finally more people like him are now in the Rock Hall. So it was like, you know, again, if Rob is happy, again, how can I sit here <laughs> on my high horse and say? Oh no, this is terrible. Like it's an outrage. Like, come on, like get over yourself, those those solicitors are but I or, think we're all gonna know. expect someone to get in this route each year. Yes, yeah. like the previously nominated one. Absolutely. Um, so thank you guys for all the analysis of the 14 inductees. 14, which is just wow. Try to fit that into a how many hours was the last ceremony, Greg? Like five hours? Five hours. Uh, something like that, yeah. It was that was bonkers. So good luck with that. <laughs> Trying actually, does yeah. it help that it's in LA because they could like start late, like earlier, maybe? Yeah, maybe. And then the midnight and, curfew. And good luck getting tickets. <laughs> no. Okay, so I was talking to a friend, and I was actually talking to Greg before about this, but like I was talking to another friend that thinks it's gonna be so easy to get tickets this year. And I'm thinking, first of all, Microsoft Theater is only seven thousand seats. And there's no like I've been to the Barclay Center and I've been to the um what was what's the name of the ceremony? Um the, the stadium or arena in uh, Cleveland. Um Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Rocket Mortgage. They have like floor seats for like, like the floors for the inductees and the present uh, presenters and the industry people. It doesn't really have that from everything I've seen for the Microsoft Theater. So this is going to be a wild ceremony to say the least. Like, I don't know how they're going to uh, do that. It's I wish it was at that. Uh, what is it? I refuse to call it what it's called, but it's like the Staples oh, Center. Oh, Staples Center? It's like the crypto.com, like, oh, yeah. so yes, <laughs> like, oh my God, that is beyond that in the Little Caesars arena, which I think is in Greek City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I always make fun of it because it's just, it's so bad, but it's you ridiculous. Know. Yeah, just call it the Kobe Bryant Memorial Arena or something <laughs> and be done yeah. with it. Amen. We need see on this show. We've done a lot of religious, like Amen and Hallelujah. Like that is a hundred percent right on. It's just, oh, I think they wanted it to definitely sell out. But I think the Duranis and the stands are going to make this a really hard ticket to get, like Pearl Jam twenty seventeen level hard. And I think there'll be more celebrities in the audience than usual, being in Los Angeles with so many big name artists getting yeah. This is one that I could see a lot of big names inducting people because that's what this last ceremony told me as a Rock Hall podcast host or writer or whatever, that they're going for like the Taylor Swifts. They're going for the Paul McCartney's and the Dr. Dre's and even Drew Barrymore's like they're not even they're looking beyond the music world to induct people. So it's just like really 
intriguing that, you know, the sky's the limit. So in other words, I'm trying to like expect the Lady Gaga or Billie Eilish or someone love that level yeah. um, in November. Uh, so I wanted to conclude this podcast. I just wanted you guys to kind of go around. I'm going to ask each person who they think benefits for next year's ballot. And this is like so early. So like, we're not going to like hold each other to, you know, say like, oh, like we were wrong. It's just more for fun. But I'm just genuinely curious, like which arts you guys expect to see on next year's uh, ballot. I'll start with Greg. Uh who do you who, who are like five artists? We'll each only go with five because you know we all have so much time. But who are five artists that you think you would like to see or maybe you think are possible for next year? Uh yeah, I went, I had written down just five uh that I would hope to I hope to see. Um, some of them may be because of doors opening with this year's class. Um, but I just uh alphabetically B52s, Mariah Carey, in excess, outcast, and smashing pumpkins. Um, so I think maybe with Duran Duran getting in, it opens up a door for NXS. Um, maybe next year. I know Missy Elliott is eligible first year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her chances are. Um, if we can't get a Queen Latifah, Salt and Peppa, a female rap artist in, maybe Outcast. This is a chance to try to put them in because they're, I think, overdue. Uh, or Tribe Called Quest comes back. That might be cool. Um, but yeah, those are the five. Perfect. And I'm expecting overlap answers too. So if you, if we say each other's answers, of course, kind of run with it, but those are some excellent choices, Greg. And you know, I approve B-52s at Outcast in a heartbeat. <laughs> and you know, the, the, just a rant for a second. The, the fact that the B-52s have not been on a ballot, just, it upsets me every year because I think they just such an obvious cross the board pick. They would get in, I think almost immediately. Um, Michelle, who are five artists that you are like, I would love to see on next year's ballot? Um, I agree with Greg's thinking. I have been thinking salt and pepper for a while now. And I know Missy is is eligible. What what I'm thinking is for for once, go in chronological order, honor the pioneers. Maybe Missy can come do that and set herself up for the next year. But we we have got to start honoring some women in hip hop. Amen. We need well, it. women are women are more relevant in hip hop than ever right now. There's so many. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely deserving. I, I think it's going to happen. It's on their radar. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, and I'm wondering if we will take the singer songwriters back to the male side of the equation and maybe slip Warren Zevon in there. Uh, would love to see Cindy. I love me some Cindy and that documentary, and then th- that broke on the uh, induction announcement day. Might help. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? And um, is it going to be Tull's year finally? What do you think? Mm, I feel like I in there. predict them every other year, and I'm like. I'm giving up on them. And then the one time I give up on them, they're going to show up. Those, they're going to uh, show up. The, the flute will finally be at a rock hall ceremony. Oh, Jethro Tull? Oh, yeah. I think they're the biggest classic rock band that's not in. 100%. They're a, a big snub. And let's see. I think I've said four. Um, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say six replacements. And because I'm old, the spinners are cool in the gang. Michelle, you could always cheat on this podcast. I will never correct you on that. 
were you gonna say, Mark? Oh no, just just cheering for the spinners. But that's that's Tom's job. I didn't mean to. Hell yeah. Oh, Tom and I, we we will always approve spinners praise. Spinners are always a place in my heart. <laughs> Mark, who would you go with, or who are like five artists that you're like? I think they will be on the ballot next year. Yeah, yeah. My list is more predictive than than who I want to see necessarily. But I think Outcast um, is going to get a spot next year. So yeah, shout out to Michelle and the ATL. Um, I I'm going to predict that Alanis will induct Pat Benatar. I thought that too, or pink. And that she will get a nomination next year if that happens. Uh, I, I agree with Queen Latifah. I think they're going to look at Missy Elliott and say, yeah, she deserves it, but let's let's lay the groundwork first. Um, I think now that we have so many 80s MTV people, they're going to go with the next ones in line and do uh, Cindy Lauper and or George Michael. Oh, Ooh. I, George Michael. Yeah. I, I think I have a feeling the next person would ask is also going to have some of those names. David, who, who do you think are uh, the next five? Well, there are three documentaries announced. George Michael, that just was mentioned, Cindy Lauper, and Cheryl Crow this Friday on Showtime has a documentary coming. Um, and she's doing all the media rounds. So it's hard to avoid. I think I just had a senior moment. Who was I going to say? Oh, I think um, Mariah Carey's going to happen any moment she has this she's the biggest artist from the 90s i don't know when that will happen and the b52s announced the farewell tour so hopefully that's fine in her moment and two artists i'd like to mention that never get mentioned that probably i can't swear for that would like to happen are tears for fears and squeeze but no one ever mentions them hey tears for fears music's more relevant today than ever and they have a new album so they should and they're more well known than a lot of new art. I mean, new wave bands that get mentioned. I we did an episode on Tears for Fears for the podcast, but also Squeeze was on my top one hundred rock hall. Yeah, no, I would I would like because I saw Squeeze in concert and Cheap Trick opened for them, and I said this yeah. I'm gonna watch Cheap Trick get in, <laughs> and Squeeze is not in the conversation, and that's exactly what happened. What a weird bill. Yeah, it, yeah, that was at Radio City Music Hall. Also, it wasn't. What year like was that? What year was that? At least like six years ago or so. Oh, six years ago. Oh, it could have been 10 years ago, actually. Yeah, I could find out. Cheap Trick opened for Squeeze? Yes. Yeah, they did tour together. I'll message it to you. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was a good concert. But yeah. But, um, no, Squeeze are great. They're a great band. Oh, I yeah, love definitely. Squeeze with all my heart. Yeah. Like, if they got a nomination, I would probably. Well, that'd be a it, it would be not Porner Sisters level, like excited, <laughs> but it would be like, I would be so happy because those guys are so wonderful. And, yeah. Oh, yes. A hundred million times yes to Squeeze and Tears for Fears. But which, I think, yeah, I'm sorry. Salt and Pep is definitely very possible, and Missy Elliott, because there's so many female rappers more than ever right now. Cardi B, Megan Stallion, Sweetie, Doja Cat is just it's bigger. There's more present female rappers than ever right now, so it's very possible that could happen. I I think a lot of these I think I probably are... named eight artists. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we let fine. we let Michelle do six, so <laughs> yeah. eight is good for you. And I okay. I'm not a I'm not a stickler. Uh, but uh, no, Tom, who are some artists that you think you will either want to see on the next next ballot, or you're pulling for? Or I don't know. Well, most of you guys and Michelle have already picked most of the names that I had written down, but I'm going to throw in. Two people I think could get on the ballot next year. I think 
Dion Warwick might return three years in a row. We'll see about that. Um, and maybe cool in the game. If they're looking for another R&B type act, now that we got Lionel Richie in. Um, Rufus Chaka Khan, I don't know what they're going to do there. I was, I was kind of disappointed Chaka didn't get a music That was my biggest surprise. Yeah, I thought I thought I'd see her name on there, but yeah. was, that that was I think that was my probably my biggest disappointment. Um, obviously, the spinners. I you know what can I say? I always got to throw that in there. And a non R and B group that I'd like to see nominated again are the Smiths. Oh, I agree. Definitely. Yeah, and, it's been what six years since their yeah. last nomination. It's, I don't know how they would do on a ballot, but regardless, I'd like to see them. And just throw in some side categories. I think the other disappointment for me, as it is every year, is Carol Kay. Yeah. Not getting, I don't understand that one at all. But you know, musical excellence next year, of course, Graham Parsons' early influence and the Spinner's Connection, Tom Bell as a non performer. Mm-hmm. Probably dreaming on a lot of those, but hey, what the hell? Why not? Right. You got seven for seven. So we're going <laughs> to go with your, you know, uh, Hopefully some of those happen for next year. I think I think a couple of them. I'd like to see what they do with Dion Warwick again next year. Yeah, I think so too. I've telling David this earlier. I said, you know, a lot of these people are not getting any younger, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I really I mean, thought they were Dion, gonna put her in there. Dion's gonna be 82 this year, you know, and you you want these people to show up while they're still healthy and still want to show up. Absolutely. And I'm going to list a few that I pegged for next year for myself. I think B-52s are coming up. Now that you got Pat Benatar and you have the Eurythmics, there's no excuse for the B-52s and there's no excuse for Cindy Lauper. I think those two are coming up very soon. I'm also going to throw uh, Diana Ross's name into the mix because I could see a scenario because Lionel's get it inducted. And what was his big solo hit? the endless love with the duet with Diana Ross. I could totally see them duetting. She's touring again. She's doing a lot of festivals this year. It could happen for Diana. I will always advocate for Cher. I'm not a huge Cher fan, but it just, there's no reason why Cher is not in the rock hall. And I think when you're seeing these legacy artists get in like Tina Turner and Carly Simon and Dolly Parton, Share has to be coming up at least relatively soon. Greg mentioned Outcast. Of course, Ellen Light has said that he will put them up if Eminem got in. I think they would actually, they're the only hip hop artist that I'm confident would get in on their first time outside the first year eligibility. Um, Soundgarden, expect them to return. I think that they're pretty much um, going to come back. They might hold off on Rage. Who knows? And the last one I'm going to mention, and can't remember who mentioned it, but George Michael, like George Michael yeah. seems to be having this reevaluation in the last five years. And it feels like he's the next big eighties icon and okay. I will cheat, but I will throw this out there for the world. Gloria Estefan and, Clor- and Miami <laughs> sound machine. I think that it could possibly happen from, but who knows? You didn't, you didn't say dreams. the pointer sisters though. How come you? Oh shit. That? I did not. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> okay. I get another choice because oh I actually God. had them written down. Oh, um, the pointer sisters. Just... Throw it in there. No one cares how many choices you're going to make anyways. <laughs> I know. I think I, I think I did 10, but you know, it's just, you know, Throw I don't in know. Your favorites, man. That's what but you got to do. 
I just, I, I root for all these artists. I root for everyone that you guys uh, mentioned and I hope we have a good, well-rounded class next year. Um, I want to thank all five of you for agreeing to come on this episode. It's been really, I hope a really fun discussion that uh, gave our initial thoughts on the Rock Hall class of 2022. And thank you, Nick, for uh, corralling us and uh, keeping us <laughs> relatively on track and on focus. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks um, for including me. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Anytime. I'm always happy to talk to you guys individually and in a group. And this is among the best and really the most knowledgeable people on this topic. So it's it's a pleasure to ask um, you guys to come on the show. I will ask you guys to, of course, plug your social media accounts because I want people to follow you guys. So, Tom, where could they find you on Twitter? Uh, Tom Lane's music blog, Twitter at JetFan1. Yep. Uh, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> last time I couldn't remember my own Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, Twitter is MB1A32. And the blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. We got the Jet fan and we got an iconic person here so far. So <laughs> it's like we're... Tortured, like I tell you all the time, tortured Jet fan. Oh, yeah. I'm from New York. It's it, it, You really <laughs> got to go with the losing team. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mark, where could they find you? Yes, I write at the Northumbrian Countdown. My Twitter handle is at Alex underscore Voltaire. And I host a podcast on unsuccessful presidential candidates called the Also Rans. I'm Mark Lemke, and I'm a geriatric millennial. <laughs> and I approve that message. I'm sorry, I had to throw it in there. It just sounded like a bumper for uh, yeah. you know, a political campaign. It's excellent. Mark has a great podcast and he has a wonderful blog, just like Michelle and of course, Tom. So awesome. And follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yes. My, David, my handle where is, can they find you? It's D Schnellwar, D-S-C-H-N-E-L-W-A-R. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> David's really good at finding articles and information. That, and everyone yeah. from Chuck D to Nancy Sinatra follows me. <laughs> So you could be like them. <laughs> so you really, you can't compete yeah, with no, those two I, names, people. Yeah. Pretty. Nick Carter actually fought. Nick. Yeah. Is that his name? Nick Carter. You make, we all comment on. He follows me. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't listen to this episode. <laughs> I don't know why he does, but he follows me. It's funny. You, you must have found something that he was like, oh my God, I got to follow the Steve. Yeah. I was, I was surprised. Oh, wow. And Greg, where could they follow you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Greg Pirac. Last name is spelled P-E-U-R-A-C-H. And Greg is a great guy. And I'm always intrigued by the tweets that he has about the music that he listens to, especially when the nominees are announcing inductees. And he's a great follow to because everything's very positive. And I don't know. I just always like his uh, account, too. Thank you. Of course, you guys can follow me at Rock and Retropod. And of course, my personal account at Nick D. Bambeck. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We need the reviews so people can discover the great content that we produce, like we just did just now. And give us your feedback. I want to thank Tom, Michelle, Greg, Mark, and David for being guests on this episode. A supersized uh, Rock Hall observers, followers, whatever you want to call us, edition. Have a great night and we'll talk to you guys later.